XM 105, Sirius 206, the Opie and Anthony channel. The Ron and Fez show starts right now. Yeah, we're getting down to it, Boppers. It's running uh, Fred show on a Wednesday. Wednesday. Let's get the friends here. Uh, we're calling so Rossi. It was a little bit of a hump day. We got to get over this hump, as they say in radio. Because uh, we had a three-day weekend coming up. That's right, Memorial Day. Uh, 
odd to see how fast this year's going. The Mayans, if they were correct, we haven't really done a lot Fuck, in 12. The year or your life? Both. Okay. Uh, big news out of New York City. Uh, uh, one of our unmasked guests uh, hurt yesterday. What exactly happened, Chris? Jesus. Uh, Michael McKeon uh, was hit by a car. And he was taken to St. Luke's Hospital with a broken leg at least. Yeah, I saw the picture. It's up on the iBang right now. He, they just, uh, they smashed him hard. And, you know, he's past the age where you want to take bumps, you know. Um, oh, fuck. Uh, but so far, so good, right? Nothing. He's been upgraded. Yeah, nothing yeah. like seriously. They haven't said anything. Internal injuries. Well, what was he like at that. first? When... He was critical. It was critical when wow. they brought him in. But wow. then, they, then they upgraded him. And to what? Stable. And then what's the next one you get? You go home. Stop bitching. <laughs> Finally, you get to stop bitching. And he's annoyed here. Uh, but, you know, it's one of those things. You think you're walking down the street. You're not. You're always dancing with death. No matter where you are on the planet Earth, you're dancing with death. Hey, uh, let's go over here to uh, Brian and Raleigh. You're on my Hey, big compliment to Pepper on a great song choice for the opening. That's, uh, that's an underappreciated Van Halen tune, and uh, you guys check out the uh, the new album by them, too. It's fantastic. Um, a friend of mine saw Van Halen not too long ago on this last tour, and their only beef, they said, was uh, that Charles Nelson Riley is lead singer now. I haven't seen it. That's not... That's... But apparently he's been putting on some kind of... Uh, uh, some kind of a show. Now, uh, Van Halen is going to take a little break. They're exhausted. They say they're not fighting. They're getting along very, very well with each oh, other. Good. And everything's going to be out for the people that remember them from the late 70s, early 80s. 30 dates canceled, though. That's not good. 30 dates and no! Well, they said exhaustion. They're not youngsters anymore. They can't go out the way they used to. Wolfie is even tired. How's that possible? He's a young gun. Yeah, but, you know, he's sharing a room with his Uncle Alex, and <laughs> it gets to be a little tiring. Uh, yesterday was a fun show. A lot of people asking, uh, um, can they get a download of the Tito uh, interview? And we're going to work on something like that, because I didn't realize... How many Americans out there need something? Need something to look to? And I thought, you know what? It is true. The last five, ten years have been exhausting it's for been people. Rough. It's been rough. And Tito's is an inspiration. I love that man. I like that you call him Tito's as if he's all <laughs> the bottles of alcohol. Did you drink your signed Tito? No, it's Good. sealed. It is sealed. It's still an heirloom. Uh, family heirloom still goes on. A lot of people writing saying, can it make it through the sports show on the weekend because of Davy Mac. Uh, Ken Mills actually wrote to you and me uh, facing you over something that you said, but saying the same thing. Davy Mac is not a big fan of the Avengers movie. No, no, he didn't like it. He what was it. his beef with it? He thought that the giant fights at the end are just ridiculous. And they do no it in every movie. Yeah, he brought that, yeah, basically that, yeah. These you can't get out of the fact that you're watching, you've lost the actors, and you're watching a computer fight itself 
It's for 20 minutes. Yeah, it's anatomy. It's basically, it's Pixar. Just fucking make, drawing up fights. If you had a joystick, maybe that part of the movie would be more fun. Um, let's go over Brian. Brian, you're on the Run of Fest show. Hey, buddies. Uh, just a quick comment on the Van Halen tour. Uh, Van Halen says they're exhausted. Well, um, I can't that's possible. The Grateful Dead did it for over 30 years. Uh, the Rolling Stones have been doing it for... How long? Well, let's be a little, uh, you know, honest here. They have their original hips, their original tongue. Uh, Eddie was up to death's door and back. You know what I mean? Uh, so, so was Jerry Garcia twice. Well, then yeah, died. but that was by his own doing. On the road. Yeah, he did <laughs> die on the road. Um, he couldn't stop touring, or else everyone get out of a job. Yeah, where Eddie's like, uh, everybody scramble on their own. Yeah. Call the fucking Pickwick and see if they got any p temp jobs. Uh, Scott, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Pepper Hicks. Hi. Hey, man, that vodka ain't doing nobody no good sitting in that bottle, brother. Look, Drink I never up. got a bottle of liquor signed before. Hold on, the devil's calling uh, you, finger, Chris. That signature, that signature won't go away on an empty bottle. You're supposed to be on fucking Pepper's shoulder, not on the phone. <laughs> Actually, the guy, maybe he's making some sense, you know, because if it's not inside Whoa, me. Oh, Chris, look over here. <laughs> it's nice to have something signed you get away from that me. you could keep for years. This, this guy's making a lot more sense at this point. You can hand that down to one of your abortions, and then they'll cherish it as well. Here you go, fetus. Feed eye. Uh, Moby, Kentucky, you're on the Run of Fest show. I hope it's the real Moby, and I hope he's living in Kentucky. No, he named, he named himself after me. Oh, Lordy, I'm calling on phone. Go ahead, what do you got, Moby? There's an issue that's bothering me much more than Trayvon Martin and uh, gay marriage overturning, is that Clint Eastwood's wife has this reality show on E, and the listing for the premiere episode says, Dina, that's the wife, considers getting her belly button pierced to discourage her daughter Morgan from doing the same. I am so ashamed for Clint Eastwood right now. I, he's rolling over in his grave. Well, he's alive. Not only is he alive, but he's actually been making great films. Yeah. But no one really has that much power over what their chick and their kids do. <laughs> I think he's like seen for a second, I think, in the show. Maybe in the premiere, they like just catch him on film. You just see Ronald, his back leaving the room. Ronald Reagan was the most powerful man in the world in the 1980s, and his kids were off the fucking rails. He couldn't do anything about it. And I don't think that you can blame a man for that. I don't think that you can blame a man for what his chick does and what his kids do. He can't control them. They want a reality show. He's probably... All right, go. Go pitch Do it. it. I'm just pitch so it. fucking tired. You know I'm making movies constantly. I would get out of this marriage, but this would be the seventh, and I'm starting to look like a lunatic. <laughs> he just wants to hang out with Matt Damon and make fucking movies. That's all. And Jay Moore was in his uh, movie. Awesome. Uh, we had something very special for Jay Moore planned after our uncomfortable thing last week. But we've dropped the ball. Uh, once again, time is not on our side. It reminds me of the Christmas special that we had planned that time. Where we go like about out of hell, hit a wall, and stop. You know, there's like two different uh, kinds of toys when you're a kid. You could have that car that it, it like you fucking wind it up and it, it fucking hits things. But then it bounces off and keeps going. Yeah. And then there's the other kind that just hits the couch and just fucking stays there. That's us. No. That's us. We hit something and we stop.
No. I would like to write the anti-Tito's book, where Tito writes about keep going on. I'm going to um, write a book called Follow Your Dreams Until There's the Slightest Bump. And then stop. No, get over that bump. And maybe <laughs> people will forget that you even had the dream. No, you shouldn't forget your dreams. Um, my last chapter is they won't bring up your failures out of just discomfort. So don't worry. <laughs> um, Bo in Kansas City, you're on the Running Fest show. What's up, buddy? Yeah. Hey, I saw the uh, Van Halen last night at the Sprint Center out here in Kansas City. I <laughs> Weirdo. How was it? <laughs> it was little Charles Nelson Riley, though. But yeah, yeah they, were, they were really good, though. Dave, uh, the kicks aren't quite as. Uh, yeah, he's small, very small kicks. So, uh, but but I'll tell you who really killed it was Cool and the Gang. I'm telling you, they, they were unbelievable, by, you know, especially for that crowd. When they started, everyone's sitting down. By the time they got to uh, Jungle Boogie and uh, Ladies Night, everyone's on their feet. So, it, 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 I mean, they were the underrated part of it, I thought. Only by your audience. Uh, cool and the Gang's <laughs> had a long, happy career. Um, but it's one of those things where... It just goes show, right? Like, they're having some trouble selling tickets. Uh, and Dave wanted Cool in the Gang on the fucking tour. If they would have added, I don't know, the whole Oreo Speedwagon, Sticks, Fake Journey, any of that, that's a hell of a the tickets would have been flying out because that's their audience. But Dave is doing that thing as, hey, I want you guys to have some appreciation for Cool in the Gang. And it's... Uh, it's not a crossover thing between them and Van Halen, really, though. Well, I guess Dave is saying you don't need a crossover. Uh, just like you uh, coming up with Twincest on the site today. Yeah. These two hot twins Fucking that I, I guess are prostitutes. Yeah, in old Amsterdam. They're looking good, too. Now, just looking at this turns me off the legalized prostitution. Because <laughs> I've always had the thing of, what do I care? <laughs> It's creepy. These women are just sitting in fucking windows, and guys just walk in. Hey, let's fuck. I hate the fact that they get that. It almost is like the pet short puppy look on their face. Like, please pick me. Come on. Fuck me. I always like to go into a pet store and pick up the puppy and go like this. I'm not going to buy you. Oh. No, I'm not. You might never get bought. You might never get bought. No. No one wants to buy this puppy. That puppy's going to no get No one wants to buy this it's puppy. It's going to get put down then. You're going to get put down, aren't you? You're going to get a needle in the belly. You're going to get a needle in the belly, aren't you? Who's going to get a needle in the belly? Who's going to have to play dead? That's not and funny. then I just look over, and the person who works at the pet store will go like this. I will buy that puppy before I ever allow that to happen. How many fucking puppies you have then, dude? Fucking goddamn hoarder. If we had the... If we owned a puppy store, I'd uh, always be saying to you, yeah. you want to clean up that puppy shit? No. Puppies can't clean up after themselves. I mean, it's not that bad. We would have the kind of store that the puppy shit just piled up all over. It would get cleaned eventually. Yeah, by fucking strangers <laughs> no. who came in worried. I take care of it. We move along until we have a bump, and then we stop cold. And hopefully people will forget that we even came up with that we wanted to do it. No, get over those bumps. We'll have to get Fred updates later this week. Have you talked to Fred? No, I'm, a, I'm just going to talk to him today, maybe. I'm going to talk to him with you. Okay. Our Fred got in a little bit of trouble here, and we've been trying to smooth it over. 
Some people okay with it. Some people not so okay with it. It's going on for how long now? Two months? Yeah. Maybe more, actually. We cruise along. The car hits the couch. Yeah. Stays there. Let's fucking roll that motherfucker back up. We purse our lips and act like it's not happening. That could be our thing. Oh, look at them dance. Look at the twin sisters dance. Yeah, they're fucking hot, dude. Which one do you like? The one on the left or the one on the right? I like the one on the left. She was showing her ass off there. See, this works out perfectly because I'm for the one on the right. I think she's classier. But they do dress alike. They both look like Goldmember from the last Austin Powers movie. Good callback, Fez. I was trying to get people to go and sign on and fucking see it and then get pissed at us. But it's better to let them know these are elderly, heavy set twins. Who would be pissed? What? Heavy set? Who would yes. be pissed at this? These women are in the best shape of their lives. My new favorite thing is to act like something is better than it is and then have people write that they're so mad at me for telling them to go there. Look, if you don't want to see this, then you're a real creep and you have social problems. Yeah, ladies. Uh, Mike, you're on the Run Affairs show. How are you? Hey, what's up, Ron? Yeah. How are you? Good, buddy. Long time, uh, long time no talk. I just got my XM subscription back. But I just wanted to say that, Pepper, I agree with you, pal. Uh, when you hit a bump in the road, you got to keep going. I uh, no. I popped two ligaments in my foot, mm -mm. kind of skated through it, and now I'm sponsored to ride a longboard, man. I think just the opposite, Mike. I think you should never try anything again, because you could hurt those ligaments. I could, but I love yeah. it, Ronnie. Um Mind if I give a shameless plug here? Go ahead, real quick. Uh, Blue Sky Longboards, dropping uh, this Friday. Decks go on sale, blueskylongboards.com. It's going to be gigantic, dude. I fucking feel it. it. Yeah. Thanks a lot, buddy. Much right. appreciated. Um, I think I'm going to start riding a longboard now. Here's the thing. He popped two ligaments, and now, believe it or not, against all odds, he's going to ride a longboard. I like to say this. There's nothing to fear but all the awful things that can happen to you. Yeah, you might just destroy your ACL and never walk again. Oh, I want the woodpecker. I bet you do. <laughs> you know what? I can't say the whole word. Uh, I think the best thing up on the iBank today, but a lot of people disagree with me, but I'm going to put it out there. That's the man attacked by the rabbit fox. Uh, Mushmouth is his name. And I guess if a rabbit fox bites you, you really can't fucking explain what went on because your tongue was swelled up and you're southern. But later you just pantomime the whole exact thing and then people will understand. I didn't know Fox attacks were so fucking dangerous. And then he was on Fox TV to talk about it, which is weird. Well, anything that's rabbit. Ra I, you know, the whole rabbit thing, I think, is why we even have zombie bits. I think it's like saying rabbit humans. Well, yeah, they fucking bite you, then you're fucked, you're infected. You got the fucking poison in you, and you're done. Now, normally, uh, when you hear about it, it's always like a raccoon, right? That's rabbit, like a rabbit raccoon. Or dogs sometimes, like, I mean, like yeah. a street Well, dog. that's it. Then they bite. See what happens? They bite the dog. Well, this guy had feral cats, and he was feeding them all the time outside of his trailer. Uh -oh. And then that food brought in the the rabbit raccoon, and then it bit him. So let's just, I don't want to play any of the fucking news people, because they bore the shit out of me. But let's just go to Willie, sweet dick Willie, and see what he had to say about it. The feral cats around Willie Coleman's trailer on Lito Road. Willie Coleman. That's, that's, that's a bar cat. 
He says. Right, what he did thinks, he say though? Let's try to figure it out. That's a bull deer. All right. Why though? <laughs> Let's hear it again. All right. Here we go. Someone's trailer on Lido Road. That's a that's a street. That's a bullcat. All right. Now I'm not from Georgia, but people from Georgia can honestly understand that. That's fucking not even English. It's crazy that's fucking talk. Brad Pitt is a bare knuckle fighter talk. <laughs> All right, let's see if we can get some more of him explaining himself. He says he's been feeding the stray cats for 15 years, but after a horrible experience over the weekend, Bit he's learned an important lesson. And then I come out here and not feed no cat. <laughs> Sunday. All right, let's see. Let's try to figure it out. What did he say? What do you think he said, Chris? I'm going to get a cat. I think I, then I came out here and not met a cat. So he not met a cat. All right, not met. All right, let's try it again. He's learned an important lesson. And then I come out here and not see no cat. <laughs> Sunday. Well, he laughed at one point. Yeah, it's because it's so fucking funny. <laughs> Whatever it is, I, yeah. don't, I don't know. All right, let's keep going. Come out here and not see no cat. <laughs> Sunday, a rabid fox attacked Willie while he was feeding the cat. So funny. He eventually got away from the fox and called 911, but when a Lee County deputy arrived, the fox attacked him too. That now he's pantomiming how you swat a fox. To protect them from rabies. <laughs> that can't be right. That's fucking crazy, though. That's just gibberish. No, it isn't. You're not Southern, and because you're from New York, you're fucking, uh, you're anti-Southern. He uh, just explained everything that happened. He didn't. He just fucking made weird sounds. Right, let's hear it again. All right. And you can honestly get him to explain himself. <laughs> to protect them from rabies. Shot me in the hip now. Coleman goes back. Okay. He got shot in the hip? He shot him in the hip there, and then something got in there. Um... <laughs> All right, keep going along. For his second treatment. Now, this is where he starts to pat him on. Look, he grabbed like a chair, like a lion tamer. Looking forward to it. And he's... I got to sit back down from home. All right, go back to that part. I want to I wanna see what he said. All right. Looking forward to it. Oh, that's it. That's it. I got to sit back down from home. That one is fucking... No one could understand that. How'd they even find this guy? This guy's amazing. I uh, keep going along till he starts to pat him on, because that's better than the speaking. <laughs> you just watch him here, and he's pulling a chair. He's showing us how he's doing it. And there he is. He's swatting. <laughs> now, I don't know what he's using. I see the chair like somehow he's a lion taper, but I'm not sure what that thing in his hand is. It looks like a stun gun thing of some kind, but it's not like, it looks too big to be like a lighter, like a barb like it was long. Oh, oh, like a barbecue lighter. Yeah, I didn't even a, get that. It has like a handle for your hand. Here, I thought it was like one of those things like you stun prisoners with, <laughs> like a shock baton. Why do they keep showing it over and over? And now when he gets into this part, <laughs> let it keep going, Chris. You drive me fucking crazy. When you see the fact that he's pantomiming the whole thing out, that apparently went on for quite some time. I don't know how the cameraman didn't fall down laughing. How long did he fight this goddamn fucking fox for? Look at it. It's just amazing. <laughs> oh, there it is. There's the final kick. The final kick. Um, he punted that fucking thing. Nate, Maine, you're on my fuzz. 
Hey, buddy, so you guys got to find the clip. He describes how the fox came in like Dale Earnhardt, digging it and getting it. Getting it. That used to be your favorite for a while. Yeah, for a while, that kid was Please move down south. Maybe I should. Um, let's go over to Dan. Dan in Florida, you're in Hey, buddies, I might be able to help out with this. I speak jive. Okay, so we're going back to Airplane. That movie is now 30-some years old, and people don't get tired of quoting it. Oh, never. They'll never get tired of that shit. And you could probably still get it the laugh that he's looking for there. I always like the fact that people think that you can get a laugh from something that's a million years old. People just get crazy laughs off, yeah, baby, yeah. <laughs> but, like, uh, people will say, well, I'll tell you, but then I'd have to kill you. Uh-huh. And I'd be like, you know, the first time I heard that, I found it so amusing. What about now, though? Not so much. No? Not that it's been in a million fucking movies. I thought it was Start, a- starts to fucking annoy him. But it's like, you know, I'm not going to tell you. Do you remember lines like the first time that you heard it, you thought it was just fucking massively funny? Yeah, there's... Let me think. I'm going to give you one, and I remember we were in school playing baseball, and someone said as they swung at the ball and just nicked it, they said, missed by a cunt hair. And I thought to myself, that is about as witty as a motherfucker can get. That is close because there's so, not a lot of thickness it's, there. It's just so thin. There's not a lot of thickness there. So he came so close to hitting it. That should still kill, though. It should does. <laughs> it will do okay for you. But you know, like people will do that. Uh, well, close only uh, works in fucking horseshoes and hand grenades. I'm like, yes, I know. I've heard it. I mean, yeah. It gets said all the fucking time. Um, let's go over to um, down in Virginia. You're on a fist. Hey, yeah, on the first part, the guy, I think he says, uh, I ain't going to go out at night and feed no cats no more. I can tell you that. No. No. Says, yeah, yeah. He says, I ain't going to go out at night and feed no cats no more. That's what he says. I don't think so. Uh, Chad, you're on the run of show. Chad, once, twice, lost. Steve, Brooklyn, you're on the run of Fez. Hey, what's up? I got a third card for you. Yeah. Um, apparently, uh, just, I just got into a Rolling Rose room, Rob. She said, Bay over here, and, um, Anthony Bourdain is currently filming in the restaurant. <laughs> Spy report. Spy report. Rolling Spy Rose report. Star. Spy report. <laughs> Spy report. All right, where is this place at? Uh, she said Bay Brooklyn, Roll and Roaster. Never roll and Roaster. Roll and Roaster, baby. So it's like a, a roll and a and chicken? It's a, it's, it's a chicken spot. I've known so many yeah. people who've worked there. I, I oh, know exactly where that is. <laughs> well, what is it, a good chicken sandwich? Yeah, it's like a chicken oh, spot. Do you Do you get it on a roll? You yeah. get a roast beef and cheese on a, uh, on a fresh baked roll, yep. Man, I'm fucking starving for that. There's been so many disappointments wow. this week with the the big surprise party for me, mainly because the little car hits the couch, stays there. I live about like a block away from Roll Roaster, <laughs> dude. 
What's that? What, what happened? I'm sorry. How do you not? How come you never worked there? It looks like it's gigantic, Chris. By the it's, picture, it's it, massive. It's in, it just, and everyone in fucking Brooklyn knows it. Everyone fucking goes there. It's fucking. Stark. So he's finally taking a look at Brooklyn, I guess. Anthony I guess, Bourdain. Yeah, I guess so. After so he's gonna uh, finally do Brooklyn. He's gonna finally do Philly. All the things that he said he would never do. Yeah, he left Manhattan. The man too good to go to the boroughs. Hey, I guess Slash is doing something here today, like a little rock thing. I don't know, but his security wouldn't let me by. Oh, no. Why wouldn't? Come on. Why not? I finally had to get Kenny to let me say, Kenny, talk to him. Thank God Kenny was here. Uh, always. Uh, Cags, you're on running fest. Yeah, one of the, uh, the most underrated sayings is you're useless as tits on a bull. Again, when I heard it as a child... I uh, loved it. Actually, Chris Stanley said one today. This is actually a solid one uh, about what you were saying about somebody here. You, you said that he needs to get off your dick. <laughs> and that what's still good. <laughs> I'm like, well, why repeat? Why fucking repeat? Because he's so fucking on top of me that he's standing on my <laughs> cock. Yes, I got and it. And that is uncomfortably close. And yes. I wish they would get off of it. Um, Greg, you're on the run of Fez show. Hey, uh, you're talking about phrases and people think they're clever. How many times have you heard somebody say, well, you know what happens when you assume... See, I hate that. I hate that. Ass out of you and me. What, what do you do? Ass out of you and me. You make an ass out of you and me. Well, you just make an ass out of yourself. I didn't assume anything. I should be fucking free from your mistakes. <laughs> from your fucking assumptions. <laughs> See the great Gatsby uh, thing that we got up? I don't know. I don't know. Boz Lerman's a weirdo. Boz shoots so beautifully. These things look gorgeous. But I don't think I want to hear fucking rock and roll songs with the great Gatsby. The one thing I didn't like, the main thing is the, the car looks way too CGI. His yellow Rolls Royce towards the end when they show a quick shot of it or him driving underneath the train. I do like the way uh, Roosevelt Island looks. If you go back and watch that, the very beginning of that, that's all shitty and all, that's Fez's Roosevelt Island. Um... And, I, of course, I loved the book when I was a kid. But the beauty of this is actually remaking a bad movie rather than a good movie, which we all hate. But you're remaking a movie that really didn't get it right the first time. I never saw, I never saw the movie version of Rick Gatsby. I just read the book. Did you like the book? In high school, yeah, it was good. It is that high school book where you're like, wait a minute. Books don't blow. This guy's a baller. <laughs> Shit, this guy's got shit on lock. They should have like called it the great Jay-Z or something and did it all black as ballers. Um, Oscar, you're on the run of Fest show. Okay. Um, you got a few loads tonight for production halls or anything like that? Because I'd gladly keep you here because we're going to need it fucked out one more time probably. I have no idea what this fucker's okay. talking about. What? Oh, you can come back. I think no, I'm just going to let you fucking go. You sound like fucking lunatic. Uh, Rob, you're on the Run Fest show. Hey, how's it going, guys? Yeah. I figured out what that old man was saying. He's What's saying, it? I ain't going to go out at night no more to get that cat to say cookie. Say, that's the... Um, uh, Bill, Andy, you're on Run Fest. Yeah, Ronnie. Uh, our saying around here is, close only counts if you get the head in. See, I don't even think that would fucking make me all that happy. Uh, Mark, you're on the Run Fest show. 
You're right. Whenever I see a family, like a fucking ugly family, like a mongoloids, I would always yell out like a stock line. Hey, it looks like somebody urinated in that fucking gene pool. Well, see, that's just and I'm not sure if I made that up or not. I think I might have. No, I'm sure you didn't. <laughs> I mean, the fact that you even know that it's a stock line is the fucking... First of all... <laughs> If you even know the term stock line, you've been doing comedy. Because fucking regular people don't fucking go, dude, that's stock. Why are you fucking bragging about it? Come on, everyone does that. Um, Frank, Daytona, you're on a fez. Hey, what about the line when they're talking about a pretty girl? They'll say, she's finer than frog's hair. That's brilliant. Steve, you're on a fez. Greatest line I ever heard, bone smuggler. Okay. Uh, it is the Ron and Fez show. It's uh, Wednesday, uh, hump day. Donald Trump has put out one of his uh, crazy things from his cubicle that he has. Uh, this one, he's happy that Will Smith smacked that reporter. Only wish Will Smith would have hit him harder. Just did bodily damage to him. Knocked some teeth out. I love this guy's desk. I like the clutter behind him. New angle today, though. Usually, yeah. he's, too, he's usually leaning. It also looks like he's pulled the desk out a little bit, because I think he used to be clogged up against it. But there he is on the eighth fucking floor. Normally, his office looks like here, like if your paycheck didn't go through. The guy that you have to talk to. He's got bad hair and a cluttery fucking desk. Look, man, this is going to my fucking bank account. I'm fucked. He's got the pictures of the fam in the back. Oh, Donald. I don't get it. And the Will Smith smacking the guy. I guess Will got away with that okay. Where everyone decided he wasn't homophobic. No. He just smacked his bitch up. Yeah, that guy was... They, everyone pretty much agreed that guy was just being a dick. Right. I guess. But, but he, on the other side, no one would have got mad if a girl leaned over and said, I have to give you a kiss. Oh, no. They were just so that does out. prove... That there is homophobia in this. Yeah, he would have just made out with. We're just saying this is acceptable homophobia. Yep. I mean, even like, let's suppose this: if a girl leaned over and kissed him, and she was fat, and he gave her a smack for it, everybody would be like, "You would have let a fucking hot girl kiss you." You hate fat women, Will. Uh, you know how, like, I don't know what any of their names are, but E.T. always has the blondes that have been there forever, and they dress nice, and everyone thinks they're attractive and have nice legs. They get to kiss people. Yeah, that's the way they do it. Just kiss low, everyone. And that guy, this guy, from I think it was from a European country. Because I think we have to admit that there's an acceptable uh, place of homophobia, and kissing is one of the acceptable places. Well, Will Smith did not want to get kissed on the lips by this guy. Exactly, but I'm saying, if and that was a good truth bomb, but if it was a girl, would, have, would Will Smith have smacked her? Or would people have gotten mad when Will Smith smacked her? Oh, they would have been furious if he had uh, backhanded her. So this is a, an acceptable place, because as across the board, we all agree that, yes, you give a guy, you smack a guy, uh, and again, Will bitch smacked a little bit, but didn't try to fucking draw blood. He just gave the, hey, I'm going to fucking throw this out here to humiliate you, but one step up and I'm dropping you. Even go back and look at that. It's great that Will has kind of squared himself a little bit 
where watch off the smack. Look how he is. He's, He's on go. his back fucking happens. foot. So if the guy starts to step in, he could have fucking clocked him. See, I don't think it's acceptable to hit anybody. Man, woman, gay, straight. I don't think you should smack anyone. Well, he didn't hurt the person. You know what I mean? Like, I think if, if Will would have lit him up, yes. But this was acceptable. This has been accepted by society. No one, even the gay league or whatever, doesn't want any fucking part of this. Whatever the gay league is called. I guess Marvel. But uh, they're saying the dude shouldn't have kissed him. An acceptable level of uh, homophobia. Good for all of us. Yeah. Fucking Will Smith got through this one. Um, James, Connecticut, you're on run of Fez. That Southern Rabies guy should be your second oh, mic. Oh, God. Brian, you're on the run of Fez show. Hey, we got two sayings here in Jersey. We got, it's on it like vomit, uh -huh. or I'm in, I'm in there like swimwear. Oh. I thought you had DTF. <laughs> GTL. Um, I don't know whether you saw this news. No. Snooky's not living in the house with everybody else. No. She needs a house that is good for her baby oven. So she's still going to be on the show. Yeah. Just living close by. Fuck that show then. And then I guess the other guy, Sitch, short for situation, he's not going to be drinking and drugging anymore. Until the middle of the season and he'll fall off the wagon. I'm sure that they've already fucking That'll be set classic. this thing up. It's like, oh, I can't believe I fucking... I never thought he was the alcoholic of the show. I always thought Ronnie was the alcoholic of the show. I think uh, the pill... I think he, they said he went into re when he went into rehab, they said it was for pills. So yeah, but here's the problem with rehab. If, you're an, if you have an addictive personality, you're going to be pretty much addictive across the fucking board. Anything you can do. Yeah, so when you do this, and I am one of the people who quit one thing and not the other, they all just catch up. Fuck. Um, Johnny, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, what's up, boys? Yeah. Yeah, Ronnie, it looked like for a minute there, Hollywood Will Smith, that West Philly was going to come out. It was close. Very it was close. right there on the border. Now, do you ever remember when Will Smith did the Six Degrees of fucking Separation movie? Yeah. And he played a gay kid in that. And there was a kissing scene, and they got to it, and Will just said, I can't fucking do it. I can't do this. It's not for me. So they called up um, one of the big black actors. I can't think of it. One of the Oscar winners. Denzel, Denzel. probably. I'm going to say Denzel for the sake of just lying. But I think it was Denzel. And they called up Denzel and they said, Denzel, talk to him. And he says, Will, you can't kiss the dude on fucking thing. You're a black guy. You won't, you're not going to be able to get over this. So they kind of faked it so there was like a back of the head shot or whatever. But they did not show it the way it was supposed to be. Because this thing was a play first, you know. Uh, which, you know, in my opinion always was, you can't take the part if you can't do all the it, scenes. Did you know? he read the fucking script? What? Yes, he did. <laughs> and he's like, this is a great fucking script. It's just the scene sucks. <laughs> can't do this scene. Uh, Lindsay Lohan video up as old slinky tits um, and her titties are bouncing long and hard she loves to show them off 
Yeah, but I don't know if this is the best look for her in this top. She, uh, she, Hollywood's beating her the fuck up. It looked like her tits in this one shot, and I'm sure it's not like this all the time, but they look like a bunch of marbles in the bottom of socks, and oh. that she's swinging them back and forth. That could be like a new saying for you, Chris, since you're looking for them. Look at it here. Slinky, slinky. I think she'd wear a bra more often. Um, John, you're on the Run of Fest show. Hey there, Ronnie B. Yeah. Um, you know, Will, F- Will Smith is straight, and this person that kissed him could be gay. Does that make Will Smith gay? <sighs> I'm just going to say yes, just to be on the safe side of oh, it. Oh, so he caught gay from this guy. Well, he just did something gay. All right, he was in a gay act. He got, right. The man was kissing him. But, like, let's say this. If uh, a young girl gets raped, right? Yeah. Is she still virgin? No, she was raped. Then Will Smith is gay. They popped that fucking rape cherry. Um, let's go over here. Turtle, Turtle, you're on manifest. Maha, buddies. Yeah. My, uh, my dad used to always say that something was as fucked up as a football bat, and I've never heard anybody else say it. Well, actually, that's fucking just fantastic, because you don't use a bat in football. You use it in baseball, so it goes to show the absurdity of what your dad had to say here. Now, I saw something online the other day, and I guess it's a couple of years old. Uh, and John Cleese had brought up the soccer is better than football thing. It's very, very funny, even if you're an American, and I am. But he came up with something. He said a football is not even a ball because of the way that it's shaped. And I'm fucking sitting there going, holy shit, he may be right. Every other ball in the world is a sphere. That's the way a ball is shaped. This is fucking me up. Yeah, it's... it's, it's, It's... Maybe you could argue that it's not a ball at all. And yet John Cleese, even though we've had stand-up comedy in this fucking country for 70 years, he throws the thing off that I've never heard one stand-up bring up. That may not be a ball. How is a fucking football a ball? You can't bounce it. It doesn't have any of the same actions as a ball. Yeah, what it, do you have to be to be a fucking ball? You can't. Yeah, you can't control the bounces on a football. You, it will bounce, but it'll, there's no way to. No, it's fucking terrible. Anything. And yeah. even though I am a big believer in the fumble ruski, and can pull it off completely, uh, but maybe it's not a, a ball at all. Um. Would it be a semi-ball if it has some of the qualities? Like, it'll roll. It won't bounce, but it'll I, roll. Okay, a baby rolls. Is a baby a semi-ball? No. A fucking baby carriage rolls. Is that a ball? That's the fucking problem with this. What does it take for something to be a ball? That's the weird thing about it, which I've never even thought of before. Like Fez right. even saying it rolls, I would have never thought that was a quality I had to push with a ball. I think a ball is just a fucking ball. All right. Maybe it has to have a controlled bounce. Because you can bounce a baseball. You won't get off the controlled bounce thing. You love the controlled bounce. That's the, that's the big fucking difference besides shape. It's a really good point here because let's get into this. Is a shot put a ball? No one ever says, go get the shot put ball. There's no controlled bounce to a shot put. It just drops. Yeah. And just sits there. 
Uh, what do we got coming up here? We got it's an a, EAS test. It's basically uh, they play tones. So if we do it during the break, doesn't that fuck up the commercials? No, because it's scheduled in to play right before the commercials. It's like a separate like commercial slot for the EAS test. So whenever we break, it happens, or it just it just happens every so often. But okay. once a month. Well, we'll break for it then. Okay. Because I don't feel like sitting here waiting for a fucking EAS test. <laughs> Basically, sounds like a modem. Has anyone ever failed their EAS test? If you don't play it, yeah, then that's a failing grade. But have you ever we played your test and we've got to come back and you've got big, big problems? <laughs> Shit. Those just don't want you ask me to do. Um, Charlie, you're on the run of Fez show. Ronnie, growing up, every time we were tired of the AC callers, we would say that we want to beat them to death with NEW callers. Yeah, I did say that before. I never really caught on the way I wanted to do, though. But, okay. Um, Bruce, you're on Ronnie Fez. Bruce. Oh, morning, Ronnie. Uh, Uncle Bill, you said growing up, uh, you don't use your head, you might as well have two assholes. Why say it over and over? Why well, just keep doing it? You know, I was like an asshole. Phil Nolens. Hey, Roddy B. Uh, I wanted to say uh, they call her talking about the football bat. That's that's old as hell, man. Everybody's heard that. It's fucked up as a soup sandwich. That's, that's the, the new, new one. Shit. Okay, soup sandwich. But that guy believed that his dad made up something. Because I won't, I won't hang out with people to say the same shit over and over. I just won't do it. But you at least you'll know it's coming every single time. Yeah, I guess you will. All right, now we have to break. We have to break, yeah. At, at what moment do we break? We should break. Break this second? We have about 10 seconds. Okay, uh, we'll get back with Bronies. Bronies, oh, yes. when we come back. It's the Run of Fez show.
show the plan was to come back with some that uh, Cameron Crowe had just released but we were not up and ready for it because we're doing ES EAS uh, test which means it's kind of like being on the new Madden it's EA Sports and we're trying to get in the game it is the Ron Fez show never say uh, live the Ron and Fez show uh, coming up a little later on in the show, we're supposed to have a big film director who has a big film coming out. It's very exciting. Is it? Yeah. Now, the video was up of the guy uh, taunting the lion at the Denver Zoo. Every single day now, it seems like there is a plexiglass zoo picture that is released. And it's starting to bug me. Now, this fucking young hipster tries to stare down a lion, which I guess uh, fucks with the lion's instincts. Yeah, if you're staring at the fucking guys the entire time. He feels like he's back in the jungle. He has something to fear and needs to defend himself. And this kid isn't giving up at all. And I guess his friends find it just amusing. You know, this lion's in captivity already. He doesn't need this shit. It doesn't need to be fucked with. It's already basically in prison. It is in prison. There's nothing that you could say. A zoo is a prison. There's no way around that. But it's a prison that keeps you alive. <laughs> I guess there's no shankings. Because, you know, the zoos have done a lot of good as well. Like, people get mad at zoos. But zoos are one of the reasons that human beings give to charities to help fucking save animals. Because... A lot of people would never have seen these animals if it wasn't for the zoo or the fine folks at Ringling Brothers who teach lions to step up and get on top of balls. At least that's a job skill. Yeah. You can do something finally after all those years in the jungle being naked and doing nothing. Eating. They never show you uh, like a lion in a tracksuit. That would be worth looking at. They can just shave it into them and dye them. I like a really small zoo. That only has like eight or nine things. In small cages, too? Yeah. Really small cages. See, that's bad for the animals. The animals are just sad. But what if we put up a sign? Come to the, we have the world's smallest lion cage. All right. You might get shut down because you can't keep just a lion. Shut down by who? I don't know. The lion, the zoo police? Thank it's you. Gotta be. <laughs> Thank you. Animal cruelty. We, we live in a world where there's zoo police. People don't like it when. Even fucking Cheap Trick didn't see that coming. People don't like them when you're mean to animals. No, they don't. 
They don't like it when you're mean to animals. They get upset about it. Some animals, I guess, they don't care. Like, no one acts like you're torturing that snake. No one will get really angry about the way a snake is treated. Um, but they don't like to see mammals mistreated at all. There's fur on the motherfucker. It's probably going to be loved. I wanted to open up a zoo where the floor of every cage had broken glass. All right. So that the kids would come there. And then, like, at 3 o'clock, you would just drop the food on one side, and they have to walk over broken glass to get to it. See, that's just going to hurt the animals. They'll probably just eventually get infected and die. The elephant is surrounded by a pit of fire. I would go to that fucking zoo just to see who would do such a How thing. How long is it going to be open for? Like a day? All these animals are going to be dead. Why do you got to find the fucking negative of everything? It's, it's, it's Why it's can't you shoot for the dopeness? You don't see fucking Fez disagreeing. You, on the other hand, you got a fucking opinion about every great idea. And yet I never hear of a great idea by you. Look, I'm just saying the animals are going to die and they're going to shut you down. I'm putting dolphins in a beer tank. If you don't think that's going to fucking draw people in, then you're out of your mind. I'll or, and I don't even want to get into it, uh, maybe a Tito's tank sponsored. <laughs> Call me a sellout. Now, the... Um, the new James Bond, we said uh, he's not drinking a martini, shaken, not stirred. Uh, he's having Heineken, cold Heineken. They paid to get the Heineken in this thing. Oh. Guess how much? For, for Bond to drink Heineken, yeah. I'm going to say $10 million. Now, $10 million to me would be obscene. It's higher. They what? Are, they are paying $45 million. For Bond to drink a Heineken. And the fucking uh, guy said, look, I was going to drink one anyway. So this really works out for us. When? That Heineken already fucking, like, everyone knows what Heineken is. Heineken's already an established brand. Why are they dropping $50 million, almost $50 million for fucking Bond? The established brands do the most advertising. You know, Coke and Chevy, you know, they've always done the most amount of advertising. McDonald's. Now, if I was the Heineken rep, I'd be like, all right, is he going to kill somebody with a Heineken bottle? Because that would be great for us. Is he going to fuck a girl in the ass with a Heineken bottle <laughs> and then drink it? I don't want him just to drink a Heineken for 45 fucking million dollars. We have to fucking insert this. It has to be part of the plot of the movie now. Let me tell you, for $45 million, we could have written up the Heineken movie. <laughs> it looks like uh, they've kidnapped someone and brought them to the Heineken brewery. We would have been able to go there. We would have been able to get big stars in it. Not not really big stars, but we got Will Arnett for $45 million to be in our movie. Yeah, sign him up. <laughs> Hell yeah. They'd love it. I know Gutenberg will fucking do it. <laughs> I was talking to him the other day. Hell yeah, be part of a nice Heineken project. $45 million for fucking Heineken. I don't know, man. For Bond to drink him. Here's what the bad news is for Heineken. No one is happy that he's drinking Heineken. Like, maybe it might be worth it if everyone went, fuck yeah, Bond drinking Heineken. <laughs> Hell yeah, dog. This is great. But already people are angry 
because they want him to do the same shit that he's always done before. I wonder if he's going to order, can I get a Heineken, if he has to say it, or he'll just be find a beer at a party and drink a Heineken. I think he's going to have to shoot the top of it off. <laughs> I don't think he's going to be drinking scuzz from last night's party, if that's where your head is. Now, uh, I guess he won't be having his other... Shaken, not stirred, fucking gimmick. Isn't it been every fucking movie? That's the problem. Rocking the martini. He is deciding to himself, forget it. Uh, we are done with martinis. There, I think he ends up saying that they're fucking gay and <laughs> wow. doesn't have one. Maybe Speak it's just in the cup holder of his Aston Martin. Oh, he's not doing an Aston Martin. He's driving a Prius in this. They fucking paid eighteen mil. Um, there is a picture up on the iBang wire today, the enterobang.com show prep for the Ron and Fez show. Um, just a fanboy getting a name written on his arm and then that name turned into a tattoo. Two of the whitest human beings that you'll ever see. If I would jump in that picture, this would have been fucking blinding. Just fucking... You think that you're that tan? <laughs> I'm basically a zombie. Next to those guys, you probably are tan, though. <laughs> um, but there's little Sam getting this done. Now, have you seen his tattoo yet? I haven't seen the tattoo. I saw it at the show. But I, I saw it yesterday. And like an idiot, I go, you ought to turn that into a tattoo. And he goes, I did. I go shit. It just looks like a drawing to me. I saw him get. Um, I saw him. He just ran out, straight out of the fucking uh, place yesterday after getting signed to a tattoo parlor to make it back in time. Where did, the show. did he know where he was going? Yeah, he has a place up in White Plains, up in uh, up here in New York, just right above the Bronx. Um, this is the second time he had that done, right? Yeah, and Rob Zombie was the first. No, the problem is. That I go over and look at this under Jack Whiteside's fanboy at SiriusXM, and I don't see anybody writing like, hey, what a great idea. They seem to, it might be another one of these times where people come off a little homophobic. Oh, you think this is kind of like gay, like hero worship almost? It's almost one of those cases where if people can't think of something nice to say, they say it's something gay. Well, there's that. There's always that. You can always have that in your back pocket. Does it ever come across as a compliment for people? Does anyone ever say, "Oh man, this friend of mine dresses so gay. It looks fucking fantastic." No, I don't think anyone's ever. Oh, I don't think a straight person has said that. Or gay people. And like a gay guy, be like, "Oh, you're so gay." You're That's so, a good impression. Like you're so fucking gay. Get your pants. I up. like. This one here, Raybot just says, the ink is soaking through the other side of the arm. Now, that is... Here's the thing. This is Sam's big day. He's going to get a tattoo from his hero. And he just happens to wear a shirt where a fucking string is dangling down like that. It's just awful. <laughs> the, that's not a string, Ronnie. I don't think that's a string. That's his arm. There you go. And scene. And applause. Um, this one just says, remember, Sam, you're not gay until you act on it. This one says, how come that kid with cancer still has hair? 
Didn't know he was going through chemo. I don't know whether... I don't know whether people are even being kind right now. They're being mean. Yeah, they are. This one just says simply, look at that arm. Has he ever lifted anything? <laughs> And this is the second man that he's been tattooed. He basically looks like most people's high school notebooks. That's what his body, he's turning his body into. <laughs> Have fun in college, Jack White III. No, it's just like when you would write rock stars on your fucking notebook. That's when you learn how to make the Rolling Stones lips. Hmm. That looks fucking badass. This is what you're doing. This is why you're failing your test. Still, it's fucking badass. You like stones? Huh. This is going to take me a long way in life. Writing up the stones tongue. It's kind of creepy how Jack White's holding his arm, like the cradling it. That's yeah, I know. It. Well, like, here, let me hold this tight for you. Because if not, it's going to be swaying back and forth. And you think, like, that feels good to like Jack White? Like, hey, this guy wants to tattoo my name into his... Do you feel like that feels like success to him? Or just shitty? I'm sure he was weirded out. Jack White's already a strange guy. Sure All right, let's get the uh, brony stuff up here. Um, this is now. Are you familiar with the bronies? Do you know what they do? Yeah, the bronies are basically adult males who are, and I guess females, who are fans of the new My Little Pony TV show. That's by the same guy as uh, who did Powerpuff Girls. Now, why are they fans and they're adults? I have no clue, man. This thing's way over my head. But there's this huge community of people who just fucking love My Little Pony, like friends forever. I'm not sure. Friendship is magic. They love it. It's out. I guess it's it's ironic, or they actually like it. I don't think this motherfucker is being ironic. It's real weird. I find it to be very KT. Oh, uh, yeah. I think a toucher would do this. Just to be around him. Go if ahead. I was a Fed right now, I'd be like, wow, I found this site. A lot of fucking people we can be investigating. <laughs> a lot of people. Show. They have conventions. They have big conventions. What about the heat last night? I hate to say it to fucking Scott Robb, but they were brutalizing, brutalizing the Pacers. That was a fucking hard... That was a pass right there. He fucking baseball passes it across the fucking court, and LeBron is just there. It was the entire length of the court. It was ridiculous. They were probably 39 at the most at one point. In the fourth quarter, they were probably 39 fucking points. I can't get out of my fucking head, though, how fucking Scott Robb must be suffering through all this. After he did our show, it's all I can think about. Every time I go, wow, what a play. And I'm like, oh, I just hurt that man. Yeah. He's probably crying somewhere. For him, it's like seeing his ex-wife make out with his worst fucking enemy. Bobby, you're on the Running Fez show. Hey, how we doing, gentlemen? What can we do for you? I just wanted to let you know, uh, getting back to Sam's tattoo, I just saw Jack White at Roseland last night, and it was probably my 75th show. I, I love going to shows. 
this was the most ridiculous show I've ever seen in my life. That man performs like no other. Oh, hold on. Your 75th Jack White show or the 75th? No, 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 no. My 75th rock show. This is probably How old are you that you're counting I rock shows? White Stripes and one rack and tours, and it is my fourth time seeing Jack White. Yeah. Yeah, he's not known for putting on bad shows. No, that man can fucking play, and he fucking puts on a hell of a fucking show. He's the shit. He's got the soul of rock and roll. Yeah, he's the man. He's the man. Well, I mean, you know, just in the way of him, how long before, like, the Stones called on him to say, hey, we want you to come be in that movie? I mean, that was fairly early on in his career. Yeah, I mean, people, as soon as those, I mean, probably the second album, people started to be like, holy shit, these guys are, or this guy is just, on the guitar, is amazing, and he's, and he gets it, he knows the, the history of fucking rock. He was one of those guys, he could have played early on, he could have played in all the different decades. Yeah. All right, let's go back to this brony guy and see if this makes even the slightest bit of sense. <laughs> or seriously, I don't know why, it almost infuriates me. Of the town, the cult that all mares know, and the type of pony every pony, every pony should know. I'll be the one to watch the stallion in the flow, and the type of pony every pony, every pony should know. Becoming as popular as popular can be, making my mark, making my mark in high society. I'm the boss of the ball, the star of the show, yeah. And a type of pony, every pony, every pony should know See how they hang on every word that I speak My approving glance is what they all see Alright, let's stop this for a second Is that his boyhood bedroom that he's in? Or does he keep a man's bedroom looking like a, a little kid's bedroom? I'm looking in the background there, there is a bunch of toys on top of his computer tower uh, That's ways the fucking kids to come in Hey, you guys want to play with my toys? I am of the belief that any man who keeps action figures is trying to lure children into his home. What if they're sealed in the box and they're saying they're a collector? What if you went into someone's fucking house and they had like a teeter-totter and a fucking uh, uh, slide in there? Cool, let's do this stuff. Wouldn't you think they were trying to lure children in? <laughs> Why is there a sandbox in here? What the fuck? And then he goes out of his way to have, like, the handlebar fucking mustache to go in the opposite direction. To bear it up a little bit. That'd be a little creepy. And he's got the toy in his left hand. My little pony, little pony toy. What the fuck are you doing, dude? Being a real fucking creep. These bronies, man, it's a real fucking internet I movement. had no idea. Neither did I. And then this thing blew up. Then there's a brony con or whatever in New York a couple months ago where they all just converged. Okay, so we did talk about it before then. Because I know it's somewhat familiar to me. Yeah. But I had no idea that the dudes look like this. And they seem to be more into the new Little Pony cartoon than any of the old stuff. So it's like they're catching on, they're like getting into it now instead of bringing something from their youth. Yes. Yes, you're right. Yeah, no, it's only about this new one. It's, it's, they just love this My Little Pony Right, they're not trying to re-fucking invent their, their childhood. They're trying to get children into their homes. <laughs> to watch the show with them. That's they have no fucking... They want some little kid to go, oh, this guy's good. Uh, we had pictures before on the site of BronyCon. 
I know it's familiar to me. Right, some of those guys look like they're fucking around. I can't tell, though. I don't think they are. I think they fucking just really love this fucking pony shit because it's, I guess, because of the guy who How did, could you, it. though? How could you like this? Apparently, they say the writing's good on it. That's what they, like. That's why I've read things. People say like, "Oh, it's really well written." It's you know, it's not for little, not just for little kids. They say that. That's what they say. That's how they're defending it. There's only one defendable fucking cartoon, and that's Bob's Burgers. What's well, South Park? Any? Huh? South I haven't Park. seen that one. Well, what really? It's been for like 15 years. It's great. Why don't you sing the Brony song then? If you fucking love it so much. <laughs> Isn't it just like a less mature version of like a Lord of the Rings fan? Because you're like, as an adult, you're into the fantasy and the elves and yes, everything. Yes, that's what we're saying, kid touchers. You're yes. Look, I I, I like I like Lord of the Rings. I don't touch kids yet. yet. You haven't been left alone. I bet if I left you alone with a kid, you would at least have to say, "I gotta see what's under those pants." Oh Jesus Christ, no. Then why do you like Lord of the Rings so much? Because it's a well-written book. Sing the My Little Brony song. I'm not sure what the lyrics are. Um, Never seen Pat, it. you're in Memphis. Hey, with all these action figures, if you have action figures, you have uh, you touch kids. Does that make Sam Roberts a uh, kid toucher? Yeah. All right, just making sure. Yeah, that goes without saying. I mean, that's very edgy. And that's why I didn't want to go to his wedding. I don't want to be there if a fucking raid goes down. You think though, that's just a giant setup? Maybe it's a ring. Were you invited to the wedding? Yeah. You going? No, I'm not going. Did you return the thing at least? No, I, I told him in person though. See, that's considered bad form. Is it? Yeah, oh. and that's what I did. I feel bad. And Fez, we all just went, uh-oh. <sighs> I didn't know. I didn't know you were serious when you sent that to me. But he knows, yeah, I'm not coming. He knows that we don't want to be where our fucking children are being molested. He got to know that. <laughs> My little pony, little pony. Play some more if you want. Would you let your uh, niece and nephews go into that guy's house? No. What the Would fuck? Would you, Fez? No, I, don't, I have Thank no you. idea what he's doing. Thank you. He's just saying, it's kind of like a little recording studio. I love the fact, Fez, that every day you're getting less gay. Every day. You're getting better and better. Give me a pound. This Give has pound. nothing to do with being gay. Less gay. Less gay. No. Yeah, the brony thing, I guess, is supposed to be gay. Is there a difference between a pad and a gay? No. Yes. No. Well, then you got to make that clear, then, because I haven't seen it yet. My little pony, little pony. It's a catchy song. Maybe, you know, that's Yeah, it is starting this. to get to me a little bit. Um, Ryan, you're on the Renfest show. Yeah, um, primetime Sam Roberts and the annoying Orange had the exact same laugh. Um, there is some truth to that. Uh, the thing is that at least the annoying Orange gets off some interesting jokes every once in a while. That thing freaks me out. I don't like an orange with teeth. No yeah, I don't like it. I don't even find it slightly amusing. I prefer the Brony song. And what's it up to a billion fucking hits now? Forever. Has forever hits. It'll always hundred seven million. I this fucking Friday and LMFAO just run YouTube for all the hits. I didn't know that that um that guy from that band was Barry Gordy's kid. Yeah, it's um the fucking it's the grandson and the great grandson. Both of them are related to Gordy. 
Jesus Christ. Yeah. The family just fucking pisses fucking money. Yeah, and these guys are the biggest thing in the entire world. They're fucking shitty fucking songs. Um, Eric and Sandog. Eric. Yo. Yeah. How are you? What can we do for you? Hey, I just want to let you guys know. Uh, there's a site, uh, I don't want to give the name, but they're Pony Burrow. It's uh, porn for uh, uh, brownies. See, I don't want it. Yeah. Are you a brownie, dude? Uh, no, my my girlfriend uh, is an artist, and she's a big fan of the creator of this of this series. So, uh, yeah, she makes fun of it with us. Uh. It's 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 outstanding. I mean, it is it's so fun. You have to go. It's porno for bronies. It, it's it's porno for bronies. They have all sorts of weird shit on there, and uh, they, I, I really wish I could have gone to the convention to sit back and laugh. I mean... Have you found it, Hicks? No. no. What's it called? Is it just brony porn? What's Is there a specific... Uh, pony Burrow. Pony Bro? Pony Burrow. Pony Burrow. B-U-R-U. Pony B-U-R-U. Um, we're going to look it up. The fuck? Oh, okay. I think I found it. This is very fucking uncomfortable. It isn't. It's very uncomfortable. It's, uh... It's uh, a little, a uh, little scary. Yeah, just the conversation is uncomfortable for me. <laughs> uh, let's go over here to a zombie. Zombie, you're on Runafest. Hey, Ronnie. Good to, good to talk to you. It's been a while. Um, you know, I always thought I never knew Sam was a Jack White fan or the White Stripes fan. I always thought that was kind of Eastside Dave's thing. I think Sam's just trying to get a little bit of heat for himself. Uh, well, it was always above uh, Eastside Dave. It's always been Pepper. Pepper from the beginning. And then Dave is like, hey, Pepper's into stuff, so I'll get into it. And then then Sam finally is like, uh, you know, Pepper is, I mean, Pepper is like our hipster. Dave is our mainstream older guy. And then Sam is our wannabe. And that's how we find out whether things work or not. Because a lot of stuff that Pepper likes... Obviously, it doesn't go to mainstream because he's a hipster. I'm not a hipster. But anything that gets to mainstream normally does go through Pepper first. I'm not a hipster. That's all I'm saying. You are a hipster. You shouldn't fucking deny. I'm no hipster. I love Astoria. We need, uh, you know, hipsters ruling the word hip, which was always a great fucking phrase. We need a phrase to replace hip now. Um, it's pony bro. It's Brony porn, I don't know. It's, there's no porn. I'm not finding anything, anyone fucking. Aaron, you're on the run of the show. Hey, Mr. Bennington. Um, I was just thinking about that little brony thing. If my grandfather was alive today and he saw that shit, he'd think he was on another planet. I, I think he'd be absolutely appalled that this is like a man. You know what I mean? Yeah. Sad, dude. I don't know. Yeah. The weird thing is that you don't feel like you're on another planet where brony singing is fine. Motherfuckers love to sing about being a brony. He's got a fucking nice setup in his house, too. I gotta give him that. Good paint job. And he look like he looks like he makes documentary films. <laughs> um Keith, you're on the run of Fed show. Ronnie B, what's up, buddy? Yeah. Hey, I'm wondering if uh 
primetime Sam Roberts has grown his hair long so that if he does get charged with child molestation, it's easier to shave the hair than it is to grow it back out. Smart idea. Good one, Sam. I wonder how Sam's going to keep his hair for his wedding. Now I want to go. Retell him that I am coming. All right, let me... Just to see that part. Shoot an email over. Ask if I can sit at Opie's table. I'm sure Opie's going. I don't know about Ant, though. I think Ant was going to go, but the whooping cough might have fucked him up. Why? It's, when's this wedding? I don't know, a couple weeks. I don't know how... How long is he fucking... Works. When's it to fucking last? <laughs> I don't know. I just, uh... Saw a little Mark says hi, and he says he's been sick. Oh, this place is a fucking petri dish. Uh, Tim, you're on the Ron and Fez show. Uh, Mr. Bennington, one million dollars. I, I had a couple questions. I just got back in the truck. Number one, have we got the gay out of the way? And number two, why is it that the best interviewer in the known universe cannot seem to pull any info out of the other radio host? Get him into the show. Uh, he's gone through a very strange time right now. And as a matter of fact, we did not get the gay out of the way today. Even though Hicks and I have brought up gay topics a couple of times, Fez isn't biting. It's just some days that when you go out fishing, doesn't matter what you're fucking using. You're not going to catch a fish that day. It just happens sometimes. It can't My little pony, little pony. Let's rock it, come on. <laughs> There's been a lot of gay topics, but no bites... No nibbles. I might just change to a lure. You know what I mean? Like, maybe it's not the day for live bait. Uh, Cameron Crowe has put some music up on his site that I guess has never been released before. What exactly is this called? Uh, it's called Cabin in the Air. Cabin in the Air, which I guess is from uh, kind of the music from what? Almost Famous? Yeah, Almost Famous, yeah. So this is the, some of the soundtrack work. Which is kind of interesting. One of the few times that the internet can work with you. Let's listen to this a little bit. It's a really pretty soundtrack. Bittersweet. Is this when she was going back when she was leaving him in, in the airplane? Or did this have something to do with uh, before there was almost a plane accident? I think it was probably before, or maybe it was, maybe it's from like a deleted scene that they that he wanted to do, but why would he delete the fucking music though? It doesn't make maybe sense. Maybe the music was made for it. Well he said this is this is music we've never released. Not m music from a deleted scene. You know, Cameron Crowe's never made blue center light pop yet, oh. even though uh, his film went up. The man Almost made Famous it. is up on blue center light pop. Um, but I, I will say this I can't imagine even having this list if he doesn't make it. He has to be there. I adore that fucking man. 
And the day that he came in here, it was like, for me, the fact that he calls himself the uncool is what drives me a little bit crazy. Because I don't, I don't think that he thinks that for a second. No? Oh, yeah, you might, so you nice. might have felt it when you were 14, but you've got to get around now to feeling like you've had a fucking cool life. Maybe you're just really in touch with that 14-year-old. They never let it go. Oh, like a brony? Sort of. Or a jabroni. That's what I would start and call those guys. <laughs> um, this week, uh, we finally get somebody that may knock off the Avengers movie. Despite what Eastside Dave says, that it really just becomes computer fucking CGI fighting other computer CGI. Uh, this week, the Men in Black comes out. And that may finally knock this thing off after a month. Yeah, it has a real chance to do it. People love the Men in Black. It's getting good reviews. Um, I've seen it. Nice. I saw it in three different dimensions. Wait, but I, I usually just watch movies in two dimensions. That's old school, my friend. This is in three different dimensions. That's fucking mind-blowing. Um, but, you know, we've been talking about this Avengers as the biggest movie, and you've got to look over and say that uh, you, you're not a bigger movie star, I think, in the world right now than Robert Downey Jr., unless maybe you're Will Smith. Robert Downey Jr. and Will Smith both have to be on the short list for biggest movie stars in the world. Gigantic. And it's weird, well, because, like, Will Smith hasn't made a movie in the last four he, years. He's taking some time off. Yeah, but in that time, Robert Downey Jr. has become the giant fucking movie star. You're right. Man. You're right. After being a great actor for many, many years, uh, finally, he decides, you know what? I'm going to become a movie star. Well, we've got a list up on the uh, in Terabank. That's the show prep for the Run of Fez show. Um, of films that you may have missed if you've just jumped on uh, the on the bandwagon. Now, the fact is, uh, Robert Downey Jr. has been around since the early 80s. Kind of a fringe brat, uh, brat packer. Not completely, but a brat packer on the outskirts. Uh, and then, I guess, really didn't... It was Iron Man that made him the biggest star in the world. I made him pop. In between those 80s films and today, list of films, if you're now on the bandwagon, what you should be seeing with Robert Downey Jr. Zodiac, of course. You saw this one? Yeah, I saw Zodiac. Are you a fan? Yeah, I liked it. Yeah, David Fincher, fucking Robert Downey Jr. Uh, it's very, very strong, and Robert Downey Jr.'s in that. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang is on the list. Oh, hell yeah. And this is important if you are uh, an Iron Man fan because Shane Black is going to direct uh, this. Now, Shane Black did the Lethal Weapon uh, writing, which was like some of the original jokey action film writing. Yeah. Uh, and then did like uh, Last Action Hero and The Last Boy Scout and all that. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang is actually fucking hysterical. Uh, it's a great fucking movie. And this this actually was on his upswing, too, where he was really getting back into it, I feel. Five million dollars is all grossed. Five million dollars. That doesn't fucking make sense. You don't make sense, dude. I guess I don't. I guess I'm just talking fucking gibberish. If Kiss Kiss Bang Bang would have came out, let's say, two years ago, it would have been a hundred plus million dollars. <laughs> uh, maybe even more. 
Uh, but it's also kind of a wise-ass movie. It's self-referential. You know you're watching a movie. And those things tend to annoy the popcorn people. They want to keep their disbelief out there as if, hey, maybe he will die. Um, Wonder Boys on the list. Uh, another one of those films where Robert Downey Jr. will play either addicted or gay. Normally both. Uh, he's terrific in that. It's a great movie that he's only playing a, a small part, but he is uh, he's fantastic in it. Uh, after that, one of the James Toback who's done this show's films, Black and White. This is a fucking great movie. Um, we have it down as an interesting failure on this list. Oh, that's cool, though. It was on last night. I'd still act like there's plenty of parts of the movie that are just cringy and far away from the thing that they're trying to do. But when you're doing an improvised film, you're going to have those moments. But we have a scene up there where Robert Downey Jr. tries to pick up Mike Tyson, gets fucking slapped and choked for it, never loses character, and it's fucking excellent. Um, before that, another James Toback film, Two Girls and a Guy, where Robert Downey Jr. tries to work two women at the same time, gets busted, and then tries to kind of work his way out of it. He also has a great solo apartment. This is all up on the iBang. It's got a box there. Um, but this is, uh, that's another great little film. Uh, Home for the Holidays was one of the ones that he made when he was really fucked up and everybody thought that he was going to die. And he was so fucking excellent in that movie, while he's fucked up, and while people are wondering, like, is he going to be able to keep his shit together? I Actually, I never saw him for the holidays. I watch it every Thanksgiving. I gotta fucking get on that. Only to fucking say to myself, okay, my family's going to be acting this way. <laughs> it's a primer. Yeah, it is a primer. Thanksgiving has a certain amount of stress to it, dude. You can't get around that. If everyone gets back together again. Uh, Chaplin, we have up there. He actually got nominated for an award. This is probably a little too big, but the Iron Man fans probably don't all that interested in Chaplin or don't know about it. And it's unbelievable. Even though it's not a great movie, uh, him playing Chaplin is phenomenal. And then the scenes with him and Kevin Klein should have been the movie to me. Um... And then there's a lot of the Last Party. Did you see that one? No, I haven't seen Last Party. This is a documentary that he made. He was kind of fucked up when he did it. Uh, it was the 90s, early 90s, really. Yeah, it was early 90s. Clinton was coming in. But look how he's just acting there in front of a Jesus. bunch of people. Just like laying in water and just swimming. being weird. And it's it's just unacceptable <laughs> behavior. You know, it's what you do when you're fucked up. And you feel like you're being edgy, but you're just really taking up uh, too much. Uh, Looks like an asshole making the scene. Yeah. And then Tough Turf, which is not even worth watching, except for he's playing the drums in a Jim Carroll project. I don't even understand it. Oh, cool. And he looks like <laughs> a flat-chested girl playing the drums. It's like a little twinkish there. He's very twinkish when he was younger. Um. Let's see what some of the people write. Uh, 
where is uh, NBK on this list? Well, A, two reasons. Number one, that is actually, it doesn't belong there because you would know that film. If you, yeah. you know what I mean? Like that film was one of those broad films that young people see. And B, Oliver Stone screwed the pooch on that, I think. Uh, Scanner Darkly is not on there. Yeah, that could have made it, I guess. Soap Dish, no, that shouldn't have made it. Um, you go over some of these fucking things, and you're wondering if people... Now, this person writes No Tropic Thunder. Yes. That was when he was fucking... He's back, and everyone's like, oh, he's sober, he's fucking doing good work again. And then people writing Back to School. That's like an 80s fucking fun thing. Uh, Fagiotis puts the pickup artist... You know, that would have been the third James Toback film. And then this idiot, less Den Radio, writes less than zero. It's in the end. Which I think should lead to a banning. It's in right there. After less than zero. Before Iron Man. Um, Jay, you're on the run of Fez show. Uh, let me try you one more time. Hey, Jay. Hello? Yeah. Uh, uh, one of my favorite uh, uh, Downing films was Restoration. He was great in that. That actually is a very interesting, fucking weird... It's not a great film, but he's pretty fucking terrific in it. He really is. He really, really is. He really shows a lot of that pain. And everything that he was in, trying to, uh, you know, go through the plague and all that. It was yeah. really interesting. I watch it every chance I get. I like it, too. I think it would not be that big of an interest, though. If you were an Iron Man fan, because it's like a period piece, it's very slow but very strange. Have you seen this one, Chris? No, I haven't. No, you've seen very little. It seems like I think I've seen a good amount. What do you do? You just watch the same. You watch Batman every night, right? No, that's your thing. <laughs> oh, no, I don't watch Batman every night. One of you guys does. That's me. Hmm? That's me. There you are. Who's on the show today? Fezzy, right? Yeah, Fezzy's on the show today. Um, Pat, New Jersey, you're a manifest. Pat. Hello? Yeah, buddy, what do you got? Hey, Ron, how you doing? Hey, that piece you played before, that is definitely from uh, when she's leaving on the airplane. I thought so, and then I got Stanley with his fucking bullshit. <laughs> you know, that's from Batman, deleted scene from Batman. No, what, Batman? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's definitely, I mean, I think it's a little change, it's a little different, but that is definitely the basic piece that got played when she's taken off. I think it's exactly the same piece. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think it sounded a little different, like there was a synthesizer or something in it on this one. But that was me. I normally, I keep a synthesizer in here, and I play along with people. Which would be fun. You're a talented man. I try to make everything sound like it's 80s. I want everything to sound like Wang Chung, uh, live and die in L.A. That's what Google had on the, yeah, the front page. They have a synthesizer you can play on Google.com. Uh, let's say Bloom brought up Guide to Recognizing Your Saints. Uh, I'm a fan of that movie, but really Downing is not in it a lot. He's in like four scenes yeah. he has in that entire film. So, now Bloom, you might be just going around to... Yeah, Robert Downey Jr. was in Back to School. He was one of the friends. Yeah, mm -hmm. Oingo Boingo. Um... 
this person says, home for the holidays should be as watched as Thanksgiving as planes, trains, and automobiles. I try to catch them both. I try to be on both of them. Uh, it's all up on the iBank today. Uh, Lois, show on the Run and Fetish show. Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, my favorite movie is uh, Chances Are. I thought he was really funny in that movie. It's, um, it's really not for guys, but okay. I'm not a big fan. I think anyone who watches it probably sits there with a bowl of sugar just fucking tablespooning it in their mouth. It's fucked up. While they're watching. But here's the weird thing. You can give somebody a shitload of fucking films, and they're still bringing up other films. Yeah. Well, it's, like, why didn't this make it? It's a list. Why don't you make your own fucking list then? Huh? Oh, we would love to put up people's lists. And then we'll fucking call your fucking cell phone and fuck with you. All right, come on, dude. Fezzy's here today, too. Pop it and lock it, Fezzy. You're a part of the show today. You just having a tight day? Yeah. It's a tight month, really. Tight year. It's been a very fucking tight year, but you got a good view of the show. You're checking stuff out. And during the commercials, you can wonder why you're not moving. There's a lot to do, even if you're not on the air. Um, oh, my God. Look at this one. And I'm not going to even say the person who said this. What? Never was a fan of him, but really enjoyed the soloist. Oh. Oh. Oh, that was, oh, God. <laughs> the Jamie Foxx movie? Yeah. By the way, some of that was uh, the new Jamie Foxx movie uh, that he did with Tarantino. Django was shown it at Cannes yesterday. Yeah I, yeah, I read about it. Fucking super exciting. I also heard some good stuff about Brad uh, Pitt's new movie. And there is already early a score buzz. Yeah, I, I read I read those reports too that this guy, you know, he's really coming to his own or whatever as an actor, even though he's been a fucking great actor for pretty much the entire run. It doesn't make any sense. And people are like, oh, now because after Moneyball, because he got nominated, now they fucking think he's an actual good actor. Is this a monologue? Is that when you speed up? I don't when know. you think I'm going to say something? <laughs> Is that why you sped up? Because you saw me lean in? Yes. To bring up moving. You're like, oh, let me just stop it. Let me stop it from even taking place. What are you and Dave got planned? Uh, tonight, you're doing your thing, right? Tonight is a podcast. Dave Max Sports Program on iTunes. Yes, tonight. Don't I? But we're going to be talking basketball. This fucking series, these series are going nuts. Why are you taking an attack on uh, Crab Shack or whatever that thing that Jay Moore has? <laughs> crab Feast. I think cra Crab have Feast. You, have you listened to them yet? I haven't listened to those guys yet, no. We were playing a big uh, Jay Moore tribute. We dropped the ball. That ball going to be picked right back up. And ran with. Mm. Uh, this one says uh, guide again. Jimmy brings it up. I was actually at this thing with all the stars from that movie, the screening, and all these other fucking people. And Robert Downey Jr. was there. It was only like I don't know fifty people. And 47 of them were movie stars. Holy shit. Yeah, like the was entire cast weird. was there, like yeah. Shia and Channing Tatum. Like all kinds of people, right? Rosario Dawson. Uh, Yeah. Shit. And I went, my brother was in town, and me and him went. Earl said, like, hey, 15 minutes, they just got this call because we had done something. They want you to show up for this. And we came in, and we went over there, and it was like him it was like dan Aykroyd. it was like judd fucking hirsch it was all these strange big move barry levingston was there holy fuck uh sting 
and Trudy, and it was just this little theater, and then we had to watch the movie. And my brother's like, this is fucking weird. I'm like, this is how I roll, dude. This is NYC. You're in the 212. That's right, baby. This is the kind of shit that goes down all the time. Fucking Manhattan. But even for me, it was weird. That's a shitload of fucking stars. Um, Andy, you're on the Run Fest show. Hey, guys. Um, Robert Downey Jr., fucking phenomenal and natural born killers. Yeah, we already brought that up. How many times you got to fucking hear about it? We all know. You're one of the natural born killers, guys. I dare you to go back and watch it now. Even though Downey was amazing in it. Some weird fucking shit that went out of that movie. <laughs> It always, when I watch that movie, I go, what if Tarantino made this and it wasn't done, you know, it was so done with crazy. an exacto knife and not a huge fucking backhoe. Fucking movie's wild. Love Sizemore in it, though. Yeah, Sizemore's great in it. Everybody's great in it. John, you're on Running Fez. John, we got you? I said, how's it going, Ronnie B? Yeah. Um, what about uh, U.S. Marshals? Who's pretty good in that. He played the bad guy. Yeah, let's just put up what? every single movie. U.S. Marshals. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, just letting you know, you can make up your own list. We've actually had uh, a guy make up the 21st century Texas film directors for us. That's up on the iBank today. Um, personally, I don't get it. Terrence Malick's still alive, and he's not on the list. I think this is this guy directors this guy likes from Texas. Just friends of his. <laughs> I will give well, we were all caught up in the fact that we had Tito yesterday, but unlike other states, Texas has a lot of self pride. Oh, they love throwing in your face, baby, Texas. Yeah. Well, you don't run into people, uh, for instance, from North Dakota, and they have a lot of pride. ND? You never hear ND in the Hizzle. They won't bring it up. Bust out facts for people from there. You know, Washington State isn't overly proud about themselves. I guess because their basketball team is now fucking rolling around in OC. Fucking killing it. Well, they are killing it. Who's going to win it off? You had to pick right now. Pick your fucking horse. Spurs. Really? I think the Spurs got it. Well, it's hard for you to imagine because they haven't lost yet. <laughs> I mean, they're fucking dominating. Um, this person writes in immediately that why isn't Julian Snobble in there? Because he grew up in Texas. Yeah, he was one of those weird guys. He was born in, like, Brooklyn. He grew up in Texas, then came back to fucking New York. Nice. Good. Yeah, everywhere he ever went in his life, he dominated. Not overly excited about this list. All right, coming up in a little bit... Uh, we will have a film director, um, cinematographer, turned film director. And it's weird. You don't hear about that too much. No, if you're a cinematographer, you're a cinematographer, and that's, you know, what's where your area of expertise is. Do they even use that term anymore, or they call it director of photography? DP is what they use. If anybody knows if there's a difference between cinematographer and director of photography, I would like to know it now. Or forever hold your peace. And then we'll know it's exactly the same, and there's totally interchangeable. Well, why do they get rid of that fucking um, term? 
I think maybe they liked having the term director in there. Since, hey, man, we're, you know, we're fucking part of it. We're helping the director so much, we should get a director title on us, not just a cinematographer. I think cinematographer is a great fucking term, though. It's cinema's in it. Like, film. But, like, let's suppose this. You're out. You're at a cocktail party. What do you do for a living? I'm a cinematographer. Oh, really? That sounds interesting. I'm a director of photography. Oh, really? Because I have an iPhone, too. Doesn't seem like it's that big a deal. They do keep it for the Oscars, though. Cinematography. Okay, then that means that they haven't gotten rid of it. Why would they call the people director of photography and then give out the cinematographer fucking Oscar? All right, Wikipedia says... All right, give it to me. The term cinematographer has been a point of contention for some time now. Some, profession, some professionals insist that only applies when the director of photography and camera operator are the same person. Ah, that's interesting. All right, so you have got to be running the camera. What else would you be doing, though? Just watching a guy? Yeah, just you find the shot and then tell the operator, do it. Hit it. All right, so what is the director of photography? Uh, director of photography is the, uh, the chief over the camera and lighting crews working on a film. And then it states, to most, cinematographer and director of photography are interchangeable terms. Here's a job I'd never be able to do because it's too difficult, lighting. And whenever you go anywhere for photography... If you're there for 12 hours, lighting is 11 hours. Then they click, 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 and then you're done. Five seconds. Now, if you take a picture and you're like, oh, man, I thought this was great, but it's shitty. It's because you got the lighting wrong. That's fucked up. Why is it fucked up? Why can't you just learn about it? Why do you expect it just to naturally happen for you? Your thing is, oh, let everything come to me easy. No. Um, I'm going to start carrying around a fucking light with me now. We lost the inventor of the TV remote. Um, we don't know whether he's behind the sofa or did somebody take him into the bedroom? Check. He's dead. Um, there's no way for kids to understand that there was a time before every TV had a remote. Yeah, I know. Oh, my TV's on my house. Now, even if I thought that the inventor of the first TV uh, remote was dead, before I would pronounce him dead, I tried to just smack him on the side like that in case I could get him to start working again. I don't know. I'd turn the batteries. Lick them. I remember the t first time, like, cable came out. The cable box was attached to a wire. What? And you had to sit there and just, yeah, the whole thing... And the box was gigantic, Hicks. It was like as big as a bread box. And you had to sit there and kind of click around on that. But the good news is that you never lost it. Yeah, it is a lot. Is it, was it like this That's shit. it, right there. That's one of the many. Just the, yeah, and that was in the early 80s. This is a big-ass box. Yeah, because none of the TV stations existed on your TV. And then um, I would sell cable at the time when I was a kid. And people would, and, you know, I would offer them. And by the way, it was the simplest thing in the world. You would go door to door to a new neighborhood that just got cable in, right? Yeah. And say, do you want cable? It was basically like going to a new neighborhood and saying, do you want oxygen and pussy? Because yes. I have them both. Right, sign me up. But some people would say, well, can I use my remote with this, the regular remote that I bought? 
And if you told them no, some people would say, then I don't want cable. Because you couldn't use the remote. So I came up with a way of defeating that by saying, yes, absolutely, you can. And then I would make the sale. And then when they got fucking drilled, you know, drilled through their house and shit, cable then shit. they had to be told the opposite. But the salesman said we could use this. I would tell people anything. They would be like, can you get straight porn on cable? Yeah. Is that what you like? <laughs> and then if they would go, go but then I can't because I have children. I go, wait, wait, wait. No. Straight porn? No. No, so you can't. Well, international sports, so I get that. I like soccer. Um, here is Chris. Chris, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Ron, what's up? Yeah. Hey, uh, I don't know if it's a Southern thing or not, but my grandma, and I guess even my dad, used to always call the remote a clicker, not a remote. I still like yeah. to call it a clicky, as, as if it was a female. <laughs> they would always say, hey, can you go give me the, hand me the clicker? Yeah, clicker it does get used, and I think it's just more of a slang term than anything else. Um, Murph, you're on the Run of Fez show. Kids today are spoiled, too. They have no idea the trouble we went through trying to see porn on a cable box back in the day. Oh, yeah. Well, remember sometimes there would be, like, a certain channel that porn would bleed through. So you would get uh, a little bit of porn, snow, a little bit of porn, snow, a little bit of porn, and then sometimes you would find yourself with as many as two to three minutes of porn that had just bled through on your television. I remember when I was fucking, uh, when I, my parents first got cable, if you'd go back and forth on the channels, it would fucking bleed through for a second. It would be scrambled porn, and you'd see and hear it. That so you the... remember a pre-cable time? Yeah. But just for you? No, wait, wasn't New York pretty late to get cable? Because I remember when MTV came out, uh, you couldn't see it in Manhattan. So the early VJs, right? They were just doing their job. They know shit about it. And then, like, once they're like, hey, we're going to take you guys to a mall in, like, Indianapolis. And they went there, and there were, like, thousands of kids. And blew their mind. And going, yeah. And they're like, what? Because none of my neighbors have even seen me work. <laughs> I think uh, I got cable in, like, 92 or 93. That's ridiculous. <laughs> um... Here's uh, Rob in Houston. You're on Fez. Ronnie B., um, I had the same job as you did back in the 80s, and one thing I noticed doing door-to-door -door when you worked at a black neighborhood, when you pitched them all the channels, whether it be home box office or Showtime, whatever, almost every black would say, yeah, I want the home box. Right. And you could literally just sign them up for every effing channel. Their bill would be 120 bucks. And really, they're just they're just saying we want the home box, and I don't know what the hell they were talking about. Meaning, they thought they wanted HBO, or I don't know whether they wanted HBO or or the device itself. And they also loved wrestling too, by the way. Yeah, they uh, blacks were great to sell through. There was the south uh, part of St. Pete, where I was uh, living at the time, with the black section of town. They. The other guys were afraid to go fucking work there, right? right? I fucking went down there and was just selling block after block, and I would have fucking cash in my pockets, and I would come back and they're like, aren't you worried about getting mugged? I'm like, uh, these fuckers have yards. I am not fucking thinking. I don't know why you guys are saying ghetto. They're well off. Yeah, but to, to you, right, Hicks, this would have been 
a livable neighborhood. Nice Very nice. Neighbor. <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, everyone had a little space. I mean, there were smaller houses or whatever. But they certainly didn't look like what you would call the projects. Shit. And it was actually really a pre-crack time. Only Voss was doing crack then, so it was very, very early on. Trailblazer. Um, let's go over here to Trey. Trey, you're on Fez. Hey, yeah, guys, the uh, the clicker reference on the remote control. My grandparents had a the earliest remote control TV, and the clicker was the remote control, and it actually clicked a piece of metal like a xylophone or something that actually sent out a sound that made the channels change. I've so never was, heard of that. Clicked. Yeah, no, I've never story. heard of a xylus. Like the, the fucking sound would do it instead yes, of exactly instead of an electrical wave. It was a sound because we you, they, you could run the vacuum cleaner and the and the TV would start changing. <laughs> well, first of all, my grandmother would call a refrigerator an icebox. So those people just like to say crazy shit. <laughs> but second of all, and I do want to plug this out because nobody else is going to plug it for me. We're doing a Pink Floyd channel that's only going to run i think over the weekend for memorial day and they're going to run our pink floyd uh i forget what it did dark side of the noon dark or whatever. side of the noon with nick Naysman. with mason who i said nick nason it's yeah, nick mason it's fucking crazy talk <laughs> uh nick mason i've been dying to get my guys to be the plug guys i've asked fez to do it for me who will only talk about sandwiches or the dish network i will only i've asked hicks to do it he'll say nick nason and that he'll yell at Nick Nason and then just fucking go like this. Nailed it. Got no, it. No, I corrected myself. Put Nick that in the nooks. Mason. Put it in the nooks. It's done. Books. But even yesterday I was leaving here. I'm like, please, plug the Pink Floyd thing. I get the two thumbs up, buddy. I'm on it. We're halfway through the show today. No. No plug for Pink Floyd. Some people, by the way, don't like Pink Floyd at all. Oh, yeah. I know people fucking hate it. Some people don't eat acid and never have. Well, come on. Treat yourselves. It's out there. Just got to look for it. For me, that'd be like saying, I like everything about space, but getting in a suit and walking outside. No. You're either in or you're out. You don't like space then, buddy. Stand earthbound. And don't get me wrong. I like rock and roll. I understand it's had music. Bothers people out. Weird you the fuck out. So anyway, that's this weekend. It's one of those... Uh, there's channels that... I don't know what they call them. They're like short-time channels. Like pop-up channels. All right, pop-up video channel. And the reason why we're doing Pink Floyd is what? It's for the... It's just for a special for the... Just like a nice special. Yeah, for the moral you know, Like we're counting down the Firecracker 500. Counting down the hits. Except, you know what only hits we're playing? Pink Floyd hits. <clears throat> They're going to count down the hits over the weekend. And it's still going to come back to Stairway, um, Freebird, and Bohemian Rhapsody. Every time they count down anything on the terrestrial radio. I fucking hope Rhapsody goes the one. Well, that song didn't really even get any play until uh, Wayne's the Wayne's World. World. And then after Wayne's World, everyone was like, you know what, we like it ironically, but now we kind of do think we like it. Anyway, Nick Nason. Nick Mason. That's on Channel 27 this weekend, Sirius XM. I want you guys to give each other a pound for remembering it. 
Pound oh, I didn't remember. Pound Buddies. No, I'm not going to remember. I didn't remember. I didn't do it. We're not moving along until we do Pound Buddies. I didn't remember. We're staying it. here until we do Pound Buddies. I didn't remember because I'm not going to do it because I didn't remember it. All right, then we don't move on. Nick Mason, Challenge 27, Pink Floyd. I'm taking time off until I see my pound buddies. Why? Because I, I, I didn't remember. I'm not going to give a pound buddy for somebody I didn't remember. I mean, I'll pound buddy you because I forgot. Sure, Fez. Let's be pound buddies. There you go, Fez. Blow it up. It's fucking ridiculous. That's so stupid. Neither one of you guys remember, and then you're celebrating with a pound buddy. I tried to get out of it, but I, had to, I, I was think, forced into a pound buddy. I don't think that you were. But then I think I, you chose it. I was forced into it, and then I decided I feel to like you chose to do Pound Buddy, and you were celebrating something, and you weren't even here for the, hey, make sure you remind me. If I'm going to do a Pound Buddy, I'm going to celebrate and blow it up and put it over. I kind of find that part of it embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of the fun part of the Pound. For years, people just were like, all right, I'll give you a Pound. But the blowing it up, that at least adds a little more excitement <laughs> to the greeting. <laughs> So cinematographer has to be holding the camera. Yeah, that's that seems to be the uh, difference between the two. DP doesn't have to hold. No, he just sets the shot up, and someone else will rock the camera. All right, oh, the so shot. now let's pretend we're at a Hollywood party. Okay. I'm going to ask you what you do for a living. All right. And you tell me. All right, ready? Okay. Hi, you watching a game? No, I'm not watching. You want a drink? <laughs> I'm a cinematographer. Wait, let me ask you. Yeah. What are you doing for a living? I'm a cinematographer. Too lazy to hold the camera, huh? You know, I'm setting up the fucking shot, and I'm uh, basically... Why you gotta hire another fucking guy to hit fucking play? Cause that Why guy can't you hit more, play record? That guy has more technical skill than I do. So I you're not more, that good. I have a vision, and I, ha I have a man who could operate the camera... <laughs> and you do the shot for me. But if I'm a producer, why would I hire two guys instead of one? <laughs> Maybe that's why the DP is becoming more popular these Fucking days. Fucking double penetration. <laughs> that's right. Fucking ass and pussy. We put the, uh, the... The girls wanted their own snack up there, girls and gays. All right. And uh, it's men with swords, and obviously it's dying. It's just... We're come never going to make that mistake again. Ladies, come well, out. Why? Why beg for them? They don't, they're don't. they not pushed. And men with swords, I guess a lot of them thought was going to be cock pictures. Oh. It wasn't. That's crass. Queen Elizabeth is the one who put this together. You know what? Do you want swords in your stack? I'm going to say yes, I do. Then if you want guy pictures every day, how, what, what is the vote right now? <laughs> no thank you. It's 73%. All right. But I see a Game of Thrones character up here, so I'll vote for him as the hottest. <laughs> That's Jon Snow. He's the bastard of Eddard Stark. You the really Lord love of Winterfell. You really love this stuff. Oh, Game of Thrones! I fucking look forward to it so much. All right, go back to the guy. What's his name? This is Jon Snow. <laughs> I want you to know something. You kind of look like him. Thank you. You wear your hair like him. Mm -hmm. You dress in that. You carry a big sword. That's a sword of Valerian steel. <laughs> How do you know all this stuff? Love the show, love the books. I haven't really watched it. So is your guy winning, or where's he at? He's, right now, he's, ca oh, I don't want to spoil it anymore. For anything. He's, yeah. he's fine. He's doing good for himself. Is he winning? I for me, know. there's just winners and losers. No, I mean in this contest. Oh, not yeah, on your fucking show. <laughs> he's destroying, 27%. He's fucking killing it. Wow, so he's number one. Yeah, number one. And he's oh, not that's probably any skin. That's because you voted. <laughs> 
And suddenly that was probably an 18% fucking jump. No, this guy, ladies love Jon Snow. So I'm sorry, Queen Elizabeth. We tried, we put it out there, and you people were found to be lacking. There's just not enough care. I don't tried. Want you, I don't want you to take it personal, but you failed. Try to give you a little something, because you don't want it. What happened on our snack? Our, the the actual reality of a three o'clock snack. <laughs> All right, the uh, the winner was this Brazilian, the Brazilian blonde girl that she's. A big it's one. really funny because she's kind of got girl next door looks. She's not. I thought it was going to go with the girl who'd written on her own giant fake tits. Oh yeah, the axe. But yeah, but the Intera bangers, the eye bangers. Um. They like a healthier, happier look. We're learning that about them. I had cell phone girl who was just a fucking shill, apparently. How did you not know that? I don't know. I just thought someone saw some broad, big rack and fuck phone between your tits. I think that she started to actually sell cell phones at the end of that. Oh, my God. I feel so silly. Mm. Still voted for her, though. I know you do. Uh, Tony in New York, you're on manifest. Tony. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Ronnie, how you doing? Yeah. I was just calling back up that guy who was talking about the remotes before. Go ahead. I, uh, we, um, when I was a kid, we had uh, an old TV set that we had gotten from a neighbor that we moved in, and she had left the house, an older woman. And it, was, it worked just the way he said it. I, it didn't work for a long time. I took it apart, just goofing around with it. And when you press the button, it had like two little, little bars that would vibrate. And each one would would cause a different function. It would change the channel or whatever. Up what, or down. what year are we talking about here? Uh, they, we're going to back. This was a, a Zenith Space Commander. So you're talking probably 70, 71. All right, I'm looking up the Zenith Space Commander, and this is going to embarrass you. It was fucking invented in 56. So you had a really old TV. Yeah, this woman was old when we, when we, when we moved into the house. It was part of uh, a whole setup that went, like, around the room and had a desk and it had a, a, a you know, big speaker system and right. phonograph when, and the whole thing. When they thought if they built a TV into a cabinet, it would be a better thing. Nice piece of furniture. And they just said, you know, you can have it. We're leaving it. So, Yeah, because we they weren't going to take it with them anywhere. No, by no means. Uh, but can people even understand now the things that used to last when, you know, you go through a laptop in, what, six months now? Yeah, that could be. It, it's definitely obsolete. Like, there's fucking better shit out there. People are always going, you're going to upgrade that phone? It's got to be two weeks old. Yeah, I have a BlackBerry. People make fun of me for it. I don't appreciate it. Everyone used to love blackberries. You know, I remember we they used to give us ones when we started here at XM, the people that cared. The people that would have taken care of Fred. And we would have been able to call Elo up and say, Elo, fix it. Just fix and it. And he would go, of course, this is ridiculous to fucking talk about it at all. Yeah. Oh, Elo. wonder what he's doing right now. Fucking just breaking... Poor own. Uh, Clutch, you're on the Ronnie Fez show. Hey, Ronnie B. 
Remember the old, uh, in Baltimore, they had Super TV was the first cable. I don't know if you guys had that oh. in New York. But we used to have the remote that was the wired to the box. And you used to be able to open it up, put a piece of aluminum foil in, you could get some of the uh, scrambled channels. That's really fucking hysterical. <laughs> Peace. Have a good day. Very, very mechanical. You know, it was all still just straight mechanics stuff working. People just figure it out for themselves. I wish fucking uh, TVs were still called Space Commander. It's better than fucking Samsung. Yeah, it is true. Space Commander. <laughs> Shit, I want that. Yeah, of course. Well, who doesn't? <laughs> uh, we're going to break here. Uh, Bruce Willis is telling us our, his political goals and dreams when we get back. It's the Ron Fez Show. It's the Ron and Fez Show, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. A lucky little move here, as I, as during that last break, I go out in the hall, I hear Slash <laughs> right. playing Sweet Child of Mine, so I was able to go down for that. That's awesome. It was... It's really cool. Yeah, you know, with Slash, you have okay. to remember, that's Slash. Like, you forget... Because of all the other nuttiness that goes down and all. Yeah, but still, but it is the guy who did Sweet Child of Mine, which up there with the greatest riffs of all time in the history of rock and roll. Yeah. So recognizable and just nasty. All right. Uh, waiting in just a little bit. By the way, you sound like the guy that was interviewing him. Good. Nasty who also, bitch, according man. to Zeet, said to me that he asked Slash, did you get a chubby when you were playing that song? Um, coming up in just a little bit, no. we're going to be talking with the director of Men in Black 1, 2, and 3, Barry Sonnenfeld. Barry Sonnenfeld is uh, here. Listen to this, uh, films he's done. Uh, Adam's Family, Adam's Family Values, Get Shorty, one of my favorite films. Hell yeah. Uh, then the Men in Blacks. But he was also the cinematographer or director of photography for Blood Simple, Raising Arizona, and Miller's Crossings. Holy shit. The original Coen Brother films. Very, very exciting. That's really cool. There's a lot of people writing in today that you're not talking at all. That not even a little bit. It's not even a matter of locking up. It's hard for you just to even spit anything out today? Yeah, uh, I apologize for that. What, what's, uh, well, we shouldn't even get into it. But if, if we start to ask you what's wrong with you, you would be able to sit and explain to us, right? Uh, yeah, uh, well... That's I'll, the stuff that you like to talk about? Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure exactly what's wrong with me, because I don't, uh... It's, uh, it's, uh, it's, the te it's um, just, uh... 
uh, the anxiety. So I don't really have like a real reason for it. Like Is it nothing. The topics that we bring up. Nothing traumatic happened. Back to trauma. Uh, I asked uh, him to check with his therapist if he had any trauma, and now they're going to start doing trauma work with you. Yeah, he. T- yeah. That's what he wanted to do. Which is weird because Fez has been seeing him for years, right? Yeah, he never, he never brought that up. He never brought up trauma. And then when some guy who does the radio with Fez says, check trauma, he'll go, yeah, all right, we'll do that. Oh, man, this guy. Like, I, it would be hard for me to think that I'm smarter than a therapist. But in this case, whenever I bring something up, he'll just do it. This guy's a charlatan, is what this guy seems like. Well, I just found this out last week. He actually, Fez meets him in a wagon. Like this wagon. What? That looked like the one from Wizard of Oz. Oh my God. That doesn't seem like a place to practice psychiatry. It is, though. Are you going to get another one? We, we're going to stop the show now and give you a topic that you do love to talk about. Your anxiety. Are you going to get another therapist? I'm still looking for one. I haven't found one that I can get into. But here's what I don't understand, because this Barry Sonnenfeld is another famous, nervous person. He's a very fearful person, but he kind of describes that to people and makes them laugh about it. Yeah, it's something that just, you know, it's silly, I guess. Do, you've never thought, I can take this fear and turn it into creativity. Um, I haven't been able to set, uh, yet because it's just, uh, the whole thing locks me up. I don't even get, like, a funny thought about it. So today's just a day where you can't even interact at all? No, I mean, I, I will, uh, you know, I will try, yes. I understand that you said you were going to try, but I'm saying we've been doing this for two hours and 20 minutes. Right. And people write in, is Fez okay? I'm okay. I'm just nervous. About what? That's what I'm trying to figure out. I mean, nothing different happened like in the past 48 hours. I don't know what that means. That would, you know, there wasn't like an episode that like made me extra nervous today. Yeah, but you haven't really been on for a while. Just a little. Normally you're the angry gay guy. Mm -hmm. That seems to be your thing. And then nothing else. And today you couldn't even get it up for the gay talk, huh? Uh, no. It, you know, it was... Um, yeah, the Will Smith thing, I just didn't think that anyone should be slapping anyone. But on the other hand, no one should be kissing anyone on the lips who doesn't want it either. They're equally wrong there. Truth bomb. Pop it. When, did you like doing the truth bomb thing with Chris? Even when he didn't want to do it with you. Did you feel like that was anti-gay when he wouldn't do it? Well, there was something to, I guess, I don't want to pop a gay man's fist or something. Well, popping a gay man's fist, if you put it like that, it seems, I don't know, I'm not into that. But if it's a pound. I don't think it defines you. I don't know, I don't want to experience it. What happened with you going over Alcu? Still afraid of those guys? Yeah, I'm I'm very nervous about going over there. Because you feel like they're not going to be nice to you because you haven't gotten a lot of gay guys? Yeah, like I'm just going to... Um, like I would just be seen as not actually gay or get accused of something or accused of not doing something. Mm. Well, those guys have slept with hundreds of other men. Yeah. 
They make, like, They're um, very good at being gay. How, how many men do you think you need to sleep with before you can approach the LQ guys? I think just one. Just one experience. Hmm. Would be plenty, and then I could say, "Oh, don't you know? Isn't it nice when this happens, sir?" Uh, lady trucker. Oh, Fessy, that's so sweet. You're nervous. That must mean you're missing your hay. Whoa! Oh. I would only miss you if I was in another truck on the highway. I get that. Mm. Yeah, you you don't help anything, lady trucker. You don't help at all. You just Jeez. try to. You just want to be uh, act like you're a star on another channel. Uh, Mike, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Rob, how you guys doing today? Mm-hmm. Uh, I found out Fezzy's problem. He just said it. He said he can't find a therapist that he can't get into. He's looking for a gay therapist. Problem Your therapist now is gay, right? Yeah, he's gay. Yep. Then what's your problem? Fezzy, snap out of it. Sure. Maybe your anxiety doesn't come from gay stuff. But, well, I mean, maybe that's not what you... Well, any day that I ask you, why are you anxious? It doesn't seem like it's about being gay. Like, I would be gay. Uh, I mean, I'd be anxious about being gay. It was like the 1930s or something where they would fucking... Do, or if we lived in Iran. Yeah, no. If people then would say, hey, are you gay? I'm like, no, no. I love women. No. Allah Akbar. Because then they'll throw rocks at you. But over here, it doesn't seem like it's that big a deal. Um, get that. Uh, let's go over here to Chris. You're on Fez. Hey, guys. Uh, I just want to make a donation to the Sex for Fez Fund. You said you didn't want to sleep with a prostitute. No, I do not. Well, no. it was a boyfriend experience. What's that? It's like they treat you like, you know, that you're not a John, where they'll just, you know, treat you real nice and be personable, and then you fuck each other. Well, I would think a prostitute should do that, too, if you're paying the money. No. Doesn't work that way? <laughs> no, that's extra for fucking... They're not good performers. Hmm. You ever see the way people perform in porn? Uh-huh. They're not really yeah. great fucking actors. You like that, don't you? Yeah. Take that here. Look at it a little bit. Slap Stop it. it, yeah. Must slap that shit. So you're not going to really be getting great performances <laughs> out of anyone. But you thought extra cash, you're, you're getting... Like a prostitute will actually yell, Harry, sometimes. Really? Mm-hmm. They've got other people to get, though. You know, they're not making more money... They're on the clock. ...by staying with you. They, It's better for them in and out. And again, Alec and Finnegan is basically what they will write on their fucking cards. I thought you were like paying for like an hour's uh, block of time. You pay till you come. They're not going to sit around and fucking have eggs with you. Mm, they want to get the fuck out. Now, here's the thing. You always worry about being lonely, right? Uh-huh. What percentage, and you live alone, right? Yeah. What percentage of people in the United States you think live alone? I would say... 10%? 32% of the people in this country live alone. 50% of the Isle of Manhattan are single dwellers. Nice. So this thing that you think of uh, as freakish or whatever is, well, it's certainly a lot bigger than being gay. 
uh, by far. But, you know, lonely is not the same as being alone. When I uh, was watching the uh, Johnny Carson thing, he had to have long stretches of time when he was alone because he enjoyed it. He would much rather be with his books, his work, whatever, and not bothered by other human beings. But Fez, who always enjoyed being alone, got a therapist who told him two things. Number one, you're lonely, and number two, you're gay. Neither one of those things, then Fez started to feel bad about himself, even though he hasn't changed either one of those two topics. He hasn't gotten gayer by having a gay experience or moved in with someone. We even tried to find, when Fez said he was lonely, there was a list of people that wanted to be his roommates, and because that, you know, you can't solve Fez's problems, no, no, no stuff. Um. Let's go over here to um, Dave in Oklahoma. You're on the Ronnie Fez Show. Hey, Ronnie B. I've got some advice for Fez that uh, my therapist helped me with. When I get anxious, or when you get anxious, one thing you can do is aggressively masturbate. It'll free, free you up. Well, Fez just walked out of the room. Uh, I think that he wanted to be a little alone. alone. But well, tell him, that, tell him that for me when he gets back. He might, might help. All right, so aggressively masturbating. Who, who should I say is calling? Uh, Dave in Oklahoma. All right, David in Oklahoma, and this is in regard to aggressive masturbation. All right, thank no, no, you, David, and I'll pass this right along to him. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Callback number there. The weird thing is, the other guy was singing like Axel. That wow. seems strange to me when you try to sing like the singer who did the song. That's just like a weird cover band. I know, isn't it strange? No. But if you got a guitar player to fill in that, they're like, oh, it's so great, he plays just like him. No, that's him. There he is. I thought Fez didn't even like to masturbate, so aggressively masturbating. He's just not good at it. He has to learn about his body. He says it's like smacking a wet rope. He needs some horny goat weed. I guess maybe he does. <laughs> uh, someone wrote in, there's not going to be anything sweet about Fez's first time. And you can agree with that. Uh, John wants to know, did the bottle of Tito's make it through the night? Yes. That bottle of fucking Tito's is still sealed and signed. By the way, Slash's vocalist was Miles Kennedy. You remember him as the fourth Kennedy brother. Actually, it would be like fifth, I think. There was young Joe, the forgotten Kennedy from that movie. Died in the war. Oh, uh, yeah. When the bomb blew up in the plane. Then John John. Assassinated assassinated by an assassin's bullet uh bobby kennedy assassinated assassinated by an assassin's bullet ted kennedy brain cancer from drinking excessively <laughs> and then miles kennedy in our lobby in our lobby still alive and well i know that every now and then it's getting mighty hard to tell but he's still alive and well 
Yeah, maybe Slash and Associates. And then I think one of those, they don't have the same name, but Charlie Sheen is related. What? Charlie Sheen Estevez. The guy also said at the end of the thing, he says to Slash, Slash, we want you to know we brought you some tamales. And he's trying to use the Spanish thing of it. And he's holding it up. We had these sent here from Mexico to this and this. And you look up at Slash and he's just stone faced. (laughs) Just keep fucking careless. There's no response. Slash don't want tamales. Slash hasn't had a good day since he stopped using. So every single day seems painful. Hey, he's with a candy brother now. That's cool. Here's some tamales. We have them in a dirty Ziploc. <laughs> it was very weird. And then Zito came over and said to me, this is the most uncomfortable thing I've ever heard in my life. I don't know what happened. I missed the whole thing except for sweet child of mine. Well, you caught the best part, seems like. Yeah. Mark, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, uh, Ron? Yeah. Hey, what's going on, man? Hey, I was just thinking, because I, I never heard that uh, Fez's um, therapist is actually gay, so maybe since Fez is so easily influenced, he's actually not gay, and his therapist made him feel that he's gay, so now he's even more conflicted. You know, I've talking, I've talked before the gay dudes and they say making the statement I'm gay does make you gay and I was even saying to them if you're with 30 chicks and one dude are you gay and they go not necessarily you're more gay if you just decide to be gay so saying like I am gay it's like flipping a switch like it's just making your decision is like I'm gonna go yes. with dudes now I'm just going to be attracted to them Right, but, you know, when you think about it, it's the same way if you're saying, I'm a Cubs fan. Um, I like the Cubs now. Yeah, no one's going to battle you about that. Barry Seinfeld do do here in just a couple minutes. Um, He's done all the Men in Blacks. We were supposed to talk to Jermaine Lassier about this today. But another day that uh, he didn't check in with us. Um, here's the films that he's done. Uh, Adam's Family, For Love or Money, I don't even know that one. Um, Adam's Family Values, Get Shorty, Men in Black, Wild Wild West, your favorite, because it started steampunk. Hell yeah. Big Trouble. Big Trouble was one of those films that came out at the wrong time. I gotta see, bro- I think that was written by one of our unmasked guests. Big Trouble is the name of it. Um, then he did the Pushing Davies TV series along with Men in Black 2 and now Men in Black Tree. Dave Barry wrote Big Trouble. Well, he wrote the book. Did he write the screenplay as well? Just the uh, novel. Uh, so Barry Sonnenfeld uh, do... In just a couple moments. Now, let's go back to when he was the director of um, photography or cinematographer. Misery. Miller's Crossing. Harry Met Sally. Big. Throw Mama from the Train. Raising Arizona. Compromising Positions. And Blood Simple. 
That's, That's a hell of a list. Fucking crazy uh, movies. Amazing career. And Miller's Crossing, all these movies are fantastic. Miller's Crossing, just the look of it, was so beautiful. That, and then he was the guy who had the big hand that is amazing. This guy. Well, what about the great. camera work on Raising Arizona? The camera was so fucking fast in that movie. Holy shit. And because of that, that's where... Um, who's the guy that does the fast camera work now that all the kids... Aronofsky. No, not that piece of shit. I'm talking about the British kid who, oh, um, who's done Shaun of the Dead in those films. Edgar, Edgar Wright. Wright. Edgar Wright said Raising Arizona was the film for him. That said, I get it. I want to be a filmmaker. That's awesome. They're making the third. Edgar Wright's you know, those guys for the third film in there. Apparently, it's a trilogy now. I never knew about this. It's Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz. Well, the guys that did it together, yeah. Yeah. Um, but see, here's the thing. You hear from a lot of these people, and they'll go, I watched this movie, so I decided to become a filmmaker. I listened to this album. I wanted to be start a band. Here's the difference between me and them. I'll, I'll watch movies and go, damn, I definitely want to watch more movies. Or I'll listen to an album and go, I really want to listen to more albums. You guys have anything else? Never dawned on me that I could cross over and become creative. Just pick up that guitar. I read a book. I'll go like this. Man, I gotta read more books. Well, they're fun. It never occurred to me. I need to stop doing what I enjoy and start working on stuff. But you can enjoy working on that stuff, too, though. Um, Pat, you're on the Run Fez show. Hey, how about a Handsome Johnny Tubestakes update? Haven't heard from him in a while. Well, Handsome Johnny is working nights now and doing a hell of a job, and he plays the rock. Yeah, he's fucking XMU guy. He's Rob Cross's dude. Let's see you put that up again and see if I can understand it. It looks like Brahma Breach. No. What? Barry's ready. Never. Never would have understood that. I gotta go slower on the writing. Or use the English language. It's, uh, these, are, these are letters. Yes, but not in our language. <laughs> Hieroglyphics, maybe. It's pretty bad, I guess. One of the letters that you use there is just uh, fireworks exploding. <laughs> Uh, Men in Black, who doesn't know this film series? The first one, uh, going back, what, 15 years ago now, was a big, um, was Will Smith a big movie star before that? He did, he did Independence Day before that. Okay. But I think this maybe cement, this cemented him. Right. It was a big surprise. No one expected it to be movie of the year and biggest movie of the year and Stick all that. Now he's uh, done three of them. This one, three day. Uh, we announced all this stuff that Barry Sonnenfeld has done before. Let's bring him into the show, Barry Sonnenfeld.
The Stone song helped uh, Barry try to let us know we were back in the 1960s. Um, by the way, I remember I had never seen the Stones did this song live again during their '89 tour. You know, uh, uh, we traveled back to 1969 in Men yeah. in Black Three, and I had never heard that Stone song, but it both is perfect for the character that we introduced mm -hmm. in 69. And also, I didn't want to use pop songs from the 60s. We use like Matchstick Man, we use Velvet Underground, but right. I had never heard the Stones song ever, and I think it's fantastic. Well, that was great because you kind of used somewhat underground songs yeah. to set that up because New York in 1969 was quite a strange place. You, you know? know, uh, if there were aliens, they would live in New York, <laughs> right. uh, you know, uh, but what I didn't want to do is go back to 69 and make it a movie about tie dye shirts and right. peace nicks and pot smoking and drugs, but I wanted to deal with the sort of cultural stuff of 69. Right. Yeah. Well, the Velvet Underground yeah. and Andy were different from both. They were a little bit darker and a little more urban from that whole hippie feel. Actually, the Velvet Underground was Andy's house band. Whenever right. he had parties, and you know, Lou Reed was uh, mm -hmm. the lead singer of Velvet Underground, so uh, it kind of was, uh, I think it's the, one of the best scenes in the movie, actually. Yeah, I liked it too, and yeah. I thought that you also, what you did with the factory is show like it didn't look literally like we think of today because that was kind of you know just uh, as much as like you could put up strange wallpaper and stuff that would be it that's as far as it would go well actually we were not even that creative we looked at old photographs of his actual place and he had aluminum foil right all of his walls so what we did is literally copied that and that's just aluminum fo foil up on all the walls there but isn't it weird that in there you could put aluminum foil up on the walls and be thought of as a That's freak. Right. You're That's a freak. Right. You were you know? totally a freak. But yeah. you know, the thing about Andy was, was he a freak? Was he part of society? Right. He, he sort of walked both lines and sort of played both sides of that. I he was think. definitely a marketing guy, wasn't he? Yeah, totally. He definitely was. Yeah. Now, yeah. you lived in New York at the exact time that you were doing this. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I grew up in Washington Heights. I went uh -huh. to music and art high school in 69. I was protesting the war and playing the French horn and living in New York City. Isn't that crazy to think you went back to recreate that exact time? Well, not only that, but one of the scenes in the movie... Uh, uh, is at Shea Stadium mm -hmm. when the Mets win Game 5 over the Baltimore Orioles to win the World Series. I was at that game. Uh, I was a senior in high school. I played hooky, went with my girlfriend to Shea Stadium and bought scalped tickets for five bucks a piece. Unbelievable. That's how long ago that was. Unbelievable. And at the five bucks, were you thinking, hey, they're asking a lot. But they're asking a lot, but it, you know, the Mets could win the World <laughs> Series. You know, I just went to uh, game six when the Yankees won a couple years ago. Someone gave me tickets mm -hmm. and they were 1,350 bucks a piece. Yeah. Unscalped. And that is basically, if you want to sit behind a dugout, Today, if we went there today, it would be that kind of price. By the way, we were in right field. Yeah. Uh, we were uh, trying to go over the fact before you got here. Uh, you started as a cinematographer, right. director of photography, yeah. now known as. But few people make that move over from to director that yeah. you'd almost be better if you were a writer or an actor, right? Writer, actor, or editor. A editor. lot of famous uh, directors were ha were editors. Hal Ashby, David Lean. 
because both editing and writing are about storytelling, mm -hmm. and oftentimes cinematography and being the DP is not. So when I became a director, I looked at every other famous DP who tried to become a director, Yeah, and in each case they took their second-in-command, which is the, the camera operator, and made them DP, which really meant they didn't want to give it up, and they mm -hmm. wanted to be in control. So when I was asked to direct Adam's family, I made sure... I hired such a famous, great DP mm -hmm. that it would force me away from the camera. So I hired Owen Roisman, who shot French Connection and some other major movies, forcing me to actually have to deal with those horrible people, I thought, the actors. Yeah, right. Yeah. Because a lot of times, I guess, those guys, it's the last thing that they think of. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, acting, storytelling and acting is mm -hmm. where your movie gets made. It really does become about storytelling and I mean of course you started with the Coen brothers who are right. great great storytellers but the interesting thing to me is when you go back over this the camera is part of their storytelling so you were involved because uh, I think if you go back over some of this raising Arizona is all it's it's like if you bowl 300 you can tie that film right. but you can't make a better comedy right than that and the camera was all over the place in that film you know I think I'm unusual this way, especially for a comedy director, but mm -hmm. it's also because I used to be a cinematographer. I don't use a camera as a recording device. I use it as another character in the movie. Right. I think that the camera can be a tool to tell the story. You know, it's like in Men in Black 3, there's a scene where Will jumps off the top of the Chrysler right. building to have to go back in time. The camera does things that you wouldn't normally expect. It's why the 3D in this movie is so good. So... Uh, it's something that Joel and Ethan and I sort of figured out together and something. Actually, I think they do less with the camera now than they used to, and I, I've yeah. continued that tradition. Well, with you, you know, because uh, we've gotten back into 3D is just, oh, it's about texture and stuff. But your film, it reminds you of like, okay, there's 3D there because they're also going to play some head tricks. And yeah. you started just as soon as the film starts up. We're whipping in and out of places. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And for me, I'm like, I've got to get used to this. It took me a while to get uh -huh. used to the 3D at all. Really? Uh, I, uh, uh, I actually f feel very proud of actually... Uh, Making it not hurt very much. I I I I think this is the best looking 3D movie that has been released yet. Yeah. I I think it's really immersive and it helps mm -hmm. tell the story. And well, you're using yeah. lasers and stuff like that. Oh yeah, but, yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah. When yeah. you go to the, the the top of the Chrysler Building, that it, hurt. It, it, you're up at the top of the Chrysler Building. Yeah, I mean, I want people's testicles to go into their <laughs> stomach when when yeah. they when they see Will Smith on top of the Chrysler Building. Well, you you brought up actors, and one of the things that happened for you is Will Smith became this giant movie star kind right. of on your on your watch and have you now over the years figured out what makes a movie star why is one actor a movie star and the next guy isn't you know you know, it's a really good question. Uh, hiring Will Smith was Sweetie's idea. This is before Independence Day or right. anything. Uh, totally based, Sweetie's my wife, mm -hmm. by the way, based on Fresh Prince. Uh, in the case of Will and several other of the actors I've worked with, there truly is, well, in the case of Will, there is a karmic presence that's extraordinary. I mean, I will be on the stage waiting t for the lighting to be finished. Will will walk into the stage 100 feet away, 
won't even make a sound, and I'm aware that Will is in the room. It's, it's like being with Bill Clinton. Mm -hmm. It's like a real sense of karmic power. But I think what really good actors do, they're just very real, and they, there's no acting. I mean, part of the reason I always tell the actors to talk really quickly is all I'm trying to do is get the acting out of the, the scene so that it becomes realer. I hate it yeah. when I sense or see acting. It's why I tell people to act quickly. Uh, I occasionally go to movie theater. When I do, my wife has, has to sit on my right and hold my hand down because I'm always gesturing to the screen <laughs> to tell. I, it's why we've never seen more than half an episode of Mad Men because I literally was in our screening room gesturing to him and, and Sweetie saying, they can't see you. Right. They're done. It's a recorded medium. Stop. And I just, I can't watch those kind of movies. So what do you, what do you want out of an actor? You just want whatever that makes them them in your film. Well, whatever makes that character that character. Right. Cuz here's the thing. I've only directed comedies, mm -hmm. but I don't want any actor to play the comedy. Right. I want them to I want the scene to be funny or absurd, but then play the reality of that scene. I I worked with Tom Sizemore once on a movie called Big, and Tom auditioned for the part and he was great. And I said I'll hire you under two conditions. And he said what? I said the first condition is you can never hit me. Right. That's always smart with Tom. He thought about it and finally <laughs> he said, "All right, okay, what's the second one?" And I said, "I'm the director, you have to do whatever I tell you to do." He said, "Fine." First day we're shooting and it was with Johnny Knoxville in the scene. He's uh twitching his eyes and he's limping and he's sort of twitching and I said I called him in at the end of the day and I said Tom I have to fire you and you can't hit me <laughs> and he said why I said you're trying to be funny right. he said well it's a comedy I said don't be funny be real the scene is funny don't. Yeah. and and he was fantastic in the movie after that because he played the reality of the scene in the character you don't want the cinematographer to know it's a comedy it will be lit too bright you don't want the composer to know it will be funny because there'll be too many slide whistles mm -hmm. let the audience find the comedy i just want to play the reality well if you go back over the men in in black stuff they're not even jokes. It's not. That's right. It's not a punchline right. that is getting the laugh. It's the fact, particularly at the beginning, here's Will introduced to a world that has always existed and he didn't know. That's right. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's a scene in the first Men in Black where Tommy Lee Jones has pulled the car over on the New Jersey Turnpike as and is interrogating an alien, while in the background Will Smith is helping a pregnant woman give birth, and he's being thrown all over right. the car. And, but I never cut to a close-up of Will screaming. The whole shot plays out in the foreground with Tommy and the alien, and Will is just an element in the background, and it's, it says to the audience, you find the comedy, you be smarter than me, and you laugh. I'm not going to tell you how to laugh, and that's why the scene's pretty funny. All right, now you got me thinking, because yeah. I don't think that there's any, there's any punchlines in Get Short e either, is there? It's just... The absurdity of the street guy going out to L.A. That's right. And, you know, uh, Dennis Farina uh, is as funny as anyone I've ever heard cursing right. and using the F word. But what makes it funny is Farina's not trying to be funny. It's the way he talks. Yeah. And if he tried to be funny, it would be deadly. It's why Farina is like a guy I always want to go to. I always read a script and there are certain guys who go, is there a yeah. part for Dennis? Because you know he'll hit a home run 
doing nothing. But I wonder if we would have put him into a straight gangster film if he could have just played it the same way. You know, you'd be like, what a scary gangster. Absolutely. Yeah. That's, absolutely. He could have been in a gangster movie saying <laughs> the same lines and not have been funny. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how do you know, then, if you're directing something, because your films are basically, they're comedies. Yeah. How do you know when the comedy is happening? You know, how do you know we're playing it exactly right? Uh, when I finished Men in Black 1, mm -hmm. I said to Will, Will, you're going to go to the premiere. A lot of people are going to laugh. You're going to think they're laughing at you. I just want you to know they're laughing at me. You were just my vessel up there, but it's all about me. It's all about my comedy. And I think it's because I was an only child. I observed a lot. My mother was kind of insane. My father kind of hated her. He's still alive. He's 92. But be, growing up in an absurd environment just allowed me to observe comedy. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and I think if I think it's funny, it kind of is the only th I have to trust my judgment right. and hope you think so, too. But you're looking for found comedy. You're not looking for written comedy. So if you're in a conversation, you don't go out of your way, let's say, the way Mel Brooks or Neil Simon mm -hmm. would deliver a joke. You're right. just going to find absurdity wherever you Yeah, can. you know, uh, although they're really funny. They're, mm -hmm. I think they're, like, right now in movies, there are two kinds of comedies. One kind is a punchline comedy and the sort of ugly, well-written uh, sort of of um, improvisational comedy. Right. Like, for instance, one of my favorite scenes in the last several years in any movie was in Talladega Nights where they're talking about baby Jesus mm -hmm. around the table. Now, I couldn't have directed that scene because I would have had one camera, would have wanted it written ahead of time, shot it in a very controlled way. That scene is so improvisational that there's like pieces of noses and there's probably three cameras running at the same time. It's not more or less valid than the kind of comedy I do. It's just I can't do that kind of comedy. And a lot of comedies these days are kind of ugly and a they're not stylized right. kind of on purpose. So there are these two very different worlds, sort of like what I do, what Joel and Ethan does. And then there's this other whole other kind of great comedy that I think has happened because of Saturday Night Live. Mm -hmm. Because it's become more skit comedy than yeah. storytelling comedy. Yeah, and you, you need a story. You I need, need a story. You need to create a reality. That doesn't mean I, I'm not going to have really funny scenes within the story, but in order, yes, for me to create the my kind of comedy, it also has to be based on actors mm -hmm. and based on relationships between the characters. Like, what makes Men in Black so strong is Will and Tommy are not playing the same kind of comedy. Mm -hmm. Will is Gracie Allen and Tommy is George Burns. If you had a comedy with two Gracie Allens or two George Burns, it would be a disaster. So there's also the chemistry of the actors. Well, you know, Josh Brolin is yeah. playing this in 1969. And what that reminded me of is, like, he could have been one of the characters on the FBI, which ran at that time, which yeah. was really, when you look at it, an absurd show right. that people watched as a drama. But anyone who ever got high and watched that thought for sure uh, very funny. they were watching a, a comedy. And here he is dressed like that. And what was the show with Joe Friday? Uh, Dragnet. Dragnet. Yeah. You know, all those shows... 
could be hilarious. <laughs> right. That's right. Well, that's what kind of makes Men in Black great, is that you need both straight guys that are giving nothing. Mm -hmm. But, you know, the, Brolin's performance is kind of brilliant because he's playing young Tommy Lee Jones, but in a more optimistic, life-behind-the-eyes kind of way. Right. So it doesn't... It feels both like you're not missing Tommy because Brolin feels exactly like younger Tommy, but yet not really. Plip. Because he's pre-burnt. He he's pre-burnt. Yeah, he hasn't... That's right. ...hasn't seen all these crazy shit that his That's life right. is going to become... That's right. ...to run, run him down. Uh, well, how did you come up with the time travel, though? Uh, that was easy. I was uh, directing Men in Black 2, mm -hmm. and Will Smith came up to me. It was about 4 a.m. We were in L.A. shooting. It's always freezing cold in L.A. People don't know that about L.A. Yeah, I've never been colder than in L.A. Yeah. I swear, I have more down jackets <laughs> in L.A. I live on this coast, the East Coast. And Will sat down next to me with way too much energy and said, Hey, Baz, I got the idea for Men in Black 3. Here it is. Pitch me a basic time travel idea. And what was great about it is it both lets our first act be familiar, but in the second and third mm -hmm. act, you kind of reinvent the franchise both with uh, Josh Brolin, but also with 69, with Warhol, with New York Mets, with yeah. the whole time travel thing. Well, you know, uh, a comedy you do want to surprise people, but then one of the things about doing a series of films is that you also have to make them feel comfortable. Right. You can't you, jump out of it too far. Not only can you not jump out of it too far, but Men in Black... If, peop if you stop people on the street and say, what do you like most about Men in Black? Mm -hmm. They say Will and Tommy. They don't say Aliens. They don't say Comedy. They say Will and Tommy. So what we had to do is create something that was new, but not totally screw up the franchise by doing away with the thing that people love the most, which is the relationship between Will and Co Tommy. And the way we did got our cake and eat it, too, yeah. was by having young Tommy played by Brolin, so that by the end of the movie, the audience thinks they've just watched one actor, kind of. Yeah, go through the thing. Yeah. And, you know, like, in the back of my mind, I think comedy remakes, nothing could be harder. And yet, uh, The Return of the Pink Panther is maybe, I think, the best of them all. That's funny. And I have no idea why. Right. You know what I mean? Like, it never occurs to me this is the reason why, other than maybe they all got it together at that point and know what they were doing. Sometimes that works, and yeah. sometimes it doesn't, but I totally agree with you about that franchise. Yeah. Was the first one called The Shot in the Dark? Yeah, Shot in the Dark. Not which, nearly as good yeah. as the second one. And even The Pink Panther and all that. Yeah. But when you get to Return of the Pink Panther, and I don't know what they had pulled up into yeah. it, but it just, to this day, yeah. uh, kills me. What I totally Great. Who do you like for comedies when you go back and watch comedies? Well, I'm, I'm going to sound really old, and I'm huh. old, but not that old. I love Preston Sturgis comedies. I love mm -hmm. uh, bringing up Fri uh, uh, his girl Friday, bringing yeah. up Baby. But my favorite movie ever made, which happens to be a comedy, is Dr. Strangelove. Dr. Strangelove, which again could also be played as a drama. 
Well, you it is without, played as a yeah. drama. That's the genius yeah. of that movie. Never. There are only a few places where the movie goes bad, and it's when Kubrick cuts to a close-up of George C. Scott being funny. Mm -hmm. But except for that, they every actor is playing that movie as total reality, and what's funny is the absurdity. Mm -hmm. But no one in that movie is saying, except George C. Scott is saying, I'm in a comedy, and that's why it's brilliant. I also love the sets that they build for a comedy. The That's sets right. are so incredibly beautiful Huge. and dramatic and fantastic. And you're like, well, this could have been the greatest Nazi movie That's of right. all time. That's right. You know, it's exactly why it works so perfectly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Kubrick, when you go back and watch him, is there a filmmaker that you like as much as him or... My favorite filmmaker is Kubrick. Yeah. Uh, and he's also made, here's the thing, the best comedy to this day, 2001 is still the space vernacular. Whether mm. you're looking at Star Wars or anything, it all looks like stuff he designed for his spaceships in 2001. Still the best anti-war movie ever. Um, he's just phenomenal yeah. and he uh, i also love scorsese uh joe and ethan are probably my favorite living directors right now still always surprising us yeah i wonder if you even see it differently than the rest of us do because you know those guys and like when we go back and i i brought up uh raising arizona yeah. but here's miller's crossing which is a great kind of gangster movie but still hysterical yeah, uh, scenes in it, you know? You know, the great thing about them is they can do anything. They can do gangster movies, comedies, mm -hmm. dramas, uh, scary movies. Uh, you know, I recently, when I saw... Um uh, uh, a serious man yeah. uh, and talk about me looking at their movies differently than anyone else I went to them and I said this is the best movie you've directed since Miller's Crossing and they said why and I said it's the first movie since you worked with me where you didn't pan the camera <laughs> I'm very anti-panning yeah. who else is going to look at their movies from how often they pan the camera but uh, I think they're fantastic and, and then the you, li you lifted an actor from them from that uh, so, Michael Stuhlberg who Barg. all but steals your movie uh, and, Stuhlberg is fantastic well here's what for people yeah. and I don't even want to kind of but he plays such a sweet character in your film but on TV on HBO plays a, a frightening character and when he was in the the film with the Coens, played this kind of pathetic guy. Yeah. So you don't know who the... have no idea who he is. Uh, what I love about Stuhlbarg's character mm. is, you know, uh, Men in Black always has, like, scary aliens and cute aliens and gooey aliens. But one of the things that makes it really special is when there's, like, a magical... Right. And the fact that Stuhlbarg, uh, in our movie, plays a quantum mechanic... Right. ...who sees all past, future, and presence at the same time is, like, for me, what makes Men in Black special, and I totally agree, he practically steals the movie. He's fantastic. Well, what happens is suddenly there's this spiritual feeling. That's right. Where you've never had that in That's any right. of your films before. Yeah. And it, it becomes this wink back at the universe. Hey, I could do this all day. Thanks so much for stopping by. Uh, pleasure, man. And uh, I'll see you next time through, and best of luck with everything. Great. Thanks.
It's the Ron Fez Show on a Wednesday. Uh, because it's... Do we get off Friday? It's uh, Monday. That's weird. I thought Friday would be a vacation day, not Monday. Monday's a vacation day this time around. What would you rather have off? Fridays or Mondays? I like being off when it's closer. Monday's nice... Because then it cuts that week. Then now you're starting the week on Tuesday. I understand, but it's a lot easier to be drunk on a Thursday night than a Sunday night. Because <laughs> a Sunday night, you're already tired. But let's face it, if tomorrow was the beginning of your vacation, you'd be getting hammered. But now you're not getting hammered until Friday night like normal. And you're not going to really get hammered on a Sunday night. You've been drinking all weekend. I'll have a couple of drinks watch Game of Thrones. Again, back to Game of Thrones. That's my Sunday night show. Please turn this music down. I feel like I'm listening to Journey. You were. Every time I hear it, it's driving me nuts. Fez, I heard you're doing your live read, and the kids are passing these back and forth. <coughs> They're trading them, because I guess you're doing all kinds of crazy stuff to it, and you're, you're, you're outside of the box. Uh, but be careful. That's what got me in trouble. Um, who hit the two home runs? Brandon Phillips. Who did he hit them off of? Um, I don't know. What team? Uh, he plays for the Reds. I know who he plays for. Who was he playing? Oh, they beat the Braves. None of this stuff you would know if you have this dish the Fez is talking about. It's all there. It's all moving all the time. It's a lot of games, man. Well, this is going to shock everybody. Jermaine Lassier, uh, who now calls himself Senior Slash Film, is giving us a call to check in on summer movies. Hello, senor. Hey, what's up, buddy? Hola. Jibby. <laughs> Hola, como estas? I don't know what all that means. I don't either. Do you find L.A. to be as cold as Barry Sonnenfeld says? I think at night it gets way colder than people think it is. But I, I, th I, I agree I with that. That it, it goes down, you know, it gets chilly at night, even at the summertime. Yeah, but I don't have a. I haven't put on a down jacket like Sonnenfeld. Then again, I have been shooting movies at like four o'clock in the morning. Yeah, that's true. I never. Yeah. I'd rather just be cold than take a jacket anyway. <laughs> I mean, if a suit jacket won't do, then forget it. I'm gonna fucking freeze. Uh, well, you're still. How many times have you seen Avengers now? Fifty times. No, it was just the three times. Mm, that's three a times. lot. It is a lot. Uh, yeah, but uh, the Avengers is not exactly good for the business, is it? Then nothing else seems to make any money but them. Well, I think they actually, I mean, I think the schedule sort of dictated that. Um, the dark, and the plus, none of these movies are really that good. Dark Shadows, Battleship, The Dictator, they're all sort of okay or, or less than that. And I, think I haven't the, seen uh, one of those. Yeah, I mean, the best one of the three is, is The Dictator, and it's, it's you know, it's, probably better than bruno but not by much it's, it's funny, probably but... better than any movie ever made <laughs> no i think i think it's just the studios knew avengers is going to be really big and didn't schedule anything really really to compete against it uh until this weekend i thought i thought battleship had a shot but then uh, after seeing it i knew it wasn't going to uh be that big so uh well, what else have you seen? I don't want to. I don't want you give away any spoilers. No, but no. Have you seen not. the new Wes Anderson? I've seen the new Wes Anderson, which opens fr uh, Friday uh, in L.A. and New York, and I've seen Men in Black, which I, I obviously you've seen too. Yeah. Um, no, I had to see that, uh, and I can give this away now with a big audience 
instead of in the nice screening room. I had to be in my taped off area, yeah. which is really the funniest, most uncomfortable thing. Have you ever had to do that, G Baby, when they send you with like a bunch of winners, but they tape off the media seats? Oh, I, I, um, pretty much every other screening is like that out here. Oh, uh, awful. I'll, I'll sit in there, and then everybody's turning around looking at you. Who are you? Are you important? Yeah, they hate you. <laughs> and they ask. Once in a while, while, somebody gets up the balls, and they're like, well, what do you have to do to do that to you? And I'm like, well, I'm a, I'm a journalist. And they're like, oh. And they turn around and start whispering. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's really terrible. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it <laughs> so, really is. And, I, and then I have to go over to Times Square to see them like that, which means I have, and I'm not even making this up, a 75-minute escalator ride each way. <laughs> Yeah, that AMC Empire is kind of crazy. It's terrible. Yeah. I want to get with the old ladies and just take the elevator up next time, I think. Um, so the men in black, well, first let's go through the Wes Anderson. Sure, sure. Don't give anything away. Just tell me, no. am I going to like it? Don't even tell me if you did. I know you hated it. I didn't hate it. I think you're going to like it. Oh, I boy. I think it's different. I think it's it's. it's Stylistically similar, but thematically very different from everything Wes has done. Oh, I, I, I'm really thrown off I'm by so this review. Yeah, I might not even go now. <laughs> I might not even go this weekend. I'm done with Wes Anderson now. I hate him. Yeah, because I haven't gotten over the puppet movie that he did. I know a lot of people who loved it, but I, I felt like it. I was watching a puppet movie. Well, it sort of was a puppet movie, but th this is very much. Uh, Looks and feels like one of his other movies, but again, this isn't giving anything away. Where every other one of his movies sort of featured characters who are very cynical and mean in a way. Even Mr. Fox is a thief, if yeah. you think about it. You know, Max Fisher, Richie Tenenbaum, Steve Zissou, they're all sort of angry at something. This movie doesn't have any of that. Mm. It's very upbeat and very happy, and it's, which is different from Wes. And it, it took me a little while to sort of get used to seeing his sort of you know, uh, trademarks with, with the music and the locked-off cameras and direct address and the quirkiness paired with this very happy story. And uh, so it's it's really, it was very good, but it's going, it's not going to be, you know, like uh, as revered as some of the other films, I don't think, but we'll see what happens. How did you like The Men in Blacks? <laughs> I like it better than the second one. I thought the first 25 minutes, I, I was going to walk out. It was so bad. But once it sort of gets to the 60s, it sort of, like, got a focus. And then you introduced the Michael Stuhlbard character, who was really cool. Yeah, I liked I him, too. So. I sort of was, and then I was sort of with it. Plus, I'm a Mets fan, so, like, that sort of hooked me in, and that had, like, the Mets thing going on. I was, like, and, a little bit on the sugary sweet side. I was thrown because of the uh, the 3D. I thought he was, like, really going out of his way. To swing around in the 3D at first, and then I finally settled into it. Yeah, I think uh, the problem with the movie was, and there was a lot of things that were happening. Like they shot the movie, they started shooting it without a full script. So they shot like the first 20 minutes, went away for eight months, put the production on hiatus, and then rewrote the rest of it. So when they started, they didn't know where they were going. I remember was, when they came back to New York, remember everybody was mad at them? Yeah, because of Will Smith's trailer. I am uh, yes. Yeah, his trailer was too big. They said. Yeah. Um, I'm going out to uh, dinner tonight with Sonnenfeld. What? And right. we really? may or may not be meeting up with. I'll just say this: two friends of his. 
And one of them is married to Francis McDormand. Okay, so you're going to dinner with him and the Coen brothers. Don't fucking bring that up, dude. I'm keeping it quiet. <laughs> you just pretty much said that. <laughs> well, Bill Murray's married to uh, Francis McDormand in the new Wes Anderson, so maybe. Uh, is she great in it? Everybody's great in it. I don't um, think there's a person that I like better than Francis McDormand. I don't think there's a um, human being. Yeah, she's she's really good. Uh, Bruce Willis sits in. Edward Norton is hilarious. Um, you know, all the people that are there is good. But really, it's the, the movie's about the kids, and the kids are really the stars of it, the two little kids. Uh, Bruce Willis gave this pretty funny thing where he said he is not um, voting for anybody. And even though he's a Republican, he wants nothing to do with Mitt Romney. Um, he says that he's all jaw and he's all hair and none of it's real. Um, what was the reference, Fez? I'm going to pull you into this. What reference did he use? He called him the Dash Rip Rock of the GOP. Now, the funny thing about that is, if you're not old, you have no idea what he's talking about. This was a small character in Beverly Hillbillies. Now, what's really fucking funny is Kevin Smith, in that last book that he did, talked about the fact that when Bruce Willis would improv, any of his reference points were really too old. <laughs> and then he comes out with a line like this, which fucking just it, it made me fucking roll and think of that book again. Yeah, uh, he's, he's good in this, but he's really going back to the well. I mean, he's doing a new Die Hard now. Um, he's yes. sort of trying to... Uh, Bring back the old Bruce. Like he's kind of lost, right? I think so. I mean, I hope the new, uh, he's in the new Ryan Johnson movie, Looper, that I unsuccessfully tried to explain to you guys a couple months ago. Um, mm. But, uh, yeah, he, he's doing Die Hard again. He's, uh, he's in the new G.I. Joe movie. I, I, I think at least this movie, uh, he's sort of trying to do something different, where he was, which he was like, doing in the 90s. Did you read the Kevin Smith book, The Tough Shit that one? No, I have not. You've got to read it just for the cop and a half stories. Because Bruce was unfucking bearable oh, during that in terms of hey dude, we're done shooting. Or I'm not getting up this <laughs> early to shoot. Or trust me, you got to take. Holy or my character shit. wouldn't do that. That's stupid. Just run the whole thing himself yeah. pretty much. Um and poorly. You know, like just being really making a lot of poor choices. And then oddly there's Tracy trying to fucking make, you know what I mean? Like trying to be a team player and being responsible. And I'm fucking reading this and I'm like cracking up. And and the thing is, is like Smith loved this guy. You know, he loved the Die Hard movies. He wanted him to be in this. And he was just a fucking prick and a nightmare. And yet, it doesn't make me like, like Bruce Willis movies any less. He's still fucking, you know, McCain to me. I can't get around that. It's almost like, because of that experience, Kevin Smith was like, fuck directing. I'm going to make one more movie. It almost like, seems that, that way. Right after that. Yeah. Between yeah. that and the one before that, where it wasn't as successful, he just, you know, wasn't having fun with it anymore. Do you hear that Smith is now doing a, uh, he's going to start doing a uh, movie review TV show on Hulu? Yeah, I did hear about that. It's just, uh, for a guy who hates criticism so much, uh, and critics in general, He's being like, oh, we're not going to review the movies, we're going to discuss the movies. And I'm like, it's sort of the same thing. Even if you're just discussing it, you have an opinion, Kevin. So, I don't know. I love well, and I'm you're always going to hurt 
the movie, the, the person who made it. Because look, like even with us, you said the first 25 minutes sucked, but then it really kicked in and I liked it. If Seinfeld was sitting here at the time, he would have been crushed to hear that. And, oh, you know, I, I, he just put years of his life. Of course, why wouldn't he be crushed? I, I tweeted the same thing about the Avengers, and then when I walked in the interview, the producer straight up was like, what did you like about the beginning of the movie? And I was like, wow, this guy who probably makes millions and millions and millions of dollars was hurt by my little tweet. He really was. Um, that make you feel like a big man, G-Baby? Huh? No, I would feel... feel good about yourself? That's what have made me feel good. <laughs> but it is funny, but, but I understand, like, you could be sitting on top of the world, and someone said... You know, I liked everything but your shoes. And you're like, what? Wait, what? Shoes? They're shoes. fucking great. Put them on myself. Shoes are fucking fantastic. You're a dick. <laughs> um, going home. I won't even retell the, the story we had that happened here in the building over social media. But basically, oh. somebody was making fun of some of the guests in the building while they were in the building. Oh, man. And all fucking shit rained down. Yeah. And believe me when I tell you, it's no one any of you guys have ever heard of. Because nope. I hadn't heard of them. But these people, you know, when you're a guest in the building, I don't know whether you expect anyone from the staff to be, you know, busting balls. Just find something. But it happens. And yeah. Like, oh, wait, what? Oh, no. It's part of what goes on. Uh, well, no more. People really monitor that stuff. I mean, anything I tweet or write about, I sort of forget about. And like 20 minutes later, yesterday I wrote an article about this film festival I went to. And, and like, Three hours later, an email from Edgar Wright. He's like, hey, uh, good article, but you know, you, you misquoted me on that one thing. I'm like, Jesus Christ. Like, okay, sorry, Edgar Wright. You know, thanks for letting me know. You just you always forget that the stuff is out there. Well, it is out there, though. And you are misquoting Edgar Wright again. I know. Jesus. I felt bad about that, but I fixed it. Uh, nothing's going to beat Avengers this summer, is there, G-Baby? Man, I really thought Batman was going to do it, but... With this uh, the, this lack of competition for a couple of weeks and the 3D ticket, no, I don't think Batman can beat it. Marvel Batman. is bigger and more beloved than DC. Lock it up, period. Forever. It's done. The AFL has passed the NFL. And if anything, if I was DC, I would try to join up and be one league. Do it. Marvel even has the, the Spider-Man, even though it's not set in the quote-unquote same universe, you know, the... That's two big Marvel right. movies, one DC movie, you know? Uh, you know what I think the smartest thing that they ever did? Uh, and it's the only thing that makes Avengers even bearable for me? Is that Robert Downey Jr. He's the best thing in the movie, and every time he's off, I'm like, just follow him and his chick. They got a great fucking pad in Midtown. Fucking They're fucking inventing shit. They're fun. They're ball-busting. Well, actually, today is the day they started shooting Iron Man 3, so you only got to wait about a year to see more I'm excited that. because of the Shane Black connection, too. Yeah. I know you're not a Shane Black fan, but I am. <laughs> no, I love Kiss, Black. Kiss, Bang, Bang. Why do you hate those movies so much, Jim? I love the Monster Squad, Lethal Weapon, Predator. Come on. The, um, they actually, and I actually wrote today, they upped the budget $40 million based on the success of the Avengers because mm -hmm. they want all the Marvel movies now have to reach that level of uh, scope. They should. Yeah. I'll tell you this. I would keep putting money into Iron Man and go, we're not going to make any Thor or a Bow and Arrow Man. Well, if they make Bow and Arrow Man movies. Bow and Arrow Man and... Catsuit. Yeah, Catsuit are the dullest that they have. It's hard to imagine that Doctor Strange will live up to Avengers money. 
That could be cool. He's I'm, a wizard who lives in the village. I don't even know who the, I'd never even heard of this it's guy Dr. before. Strange's a mysterious wizard who lives in Grange Village and he like fights demons. Is he highing? Uh I don't think he's highing. He could be though. He could be using some fucking mystical fucking drugs. Um and Edgar Wright's working on Ant Man. Like he'll probably shoot that next year. I can't see that being as big either. I mean, that's such a secondary character. What was the thing that Seinfeld that you had up on Slash Film that he's going to direct some comic character? Oh, well, he said in an interview that uh, somebody asked him if he would ever direct a comic book movie, and he said he's developing one, or he was asked to do one at Warner Brothers. But it's a DC character from the '60s that hasn't been around, so. I, it, whatever it is, that doesn't seem like it's going to happen. DC still has to make... They're going to have to reboot Batman next they're year. They're just losers. They just don't have the same foresight or one person overlooking all that. You know, the one person they had overlooking... Their characters and their villains just aren't as good. It's that fucking simple. They stink. Superman is the worst character ever. And he's got a big movie coming out next year. He's, alien, he's an alien with glasses. That's stupid. And Green Rocks hurt him. Well, they can't keep going back to the bald guy who's mean to him. I don't know who that is. Lex Luthor. Oh, okay. Now I do know. Actually, technically, Men in Black is a Marvel property, too. They own the comic books. That it was... Fuck. Yeah. That it was, you know, the, the name from, based off of... They're the best. Yeah. They're the best that ever happened. And we've <laughs> never had a Flash film in all these years. We've never had an Aquaman. No. Well, James Cameron made Aquaman, you forget. Well, you know what? You always do that. You always go back to that because you love that show so much. (laughs) What's the next blockbuster coming out? Uh, Men in Black. That's going to be a blockbuster? Oh, Uh, yeah. What after that? Um, Probably the next one. I mean, I'm excited for Prometheus in two weeks, but the next huge, huge hit will probably be the uh, the Pixar movie Brave at the end of June. Ugh. Fifty Shades of Grey finally coming out as a film. Kids will love it. Fucking <laughs> get hard as fuck. <laughs> hey, when are you coming back to the city? Uh, I'll be back in a couple of weeks, like the uh, the mid June. I'll be back. Still using us as a write off? Uh, yes, I'd love to. Mm. I'm going to talk to the IRS. I'm like, I think he's got other things going on besides visiting us. He's a liar, <laughs> and he's not working at all. All right, buddy. All right, buddy. Have a good day. All right, good uh, luck to you. Uh, go Marvel, beat DC. That's I'm on the Marvel team now. Team right. Marvel. All right, peace. Bye. I told everybody Avengers is going to be the biggest movie. You picked Avengers, right? That's right. Like a fucking fool, I picked Batman. Avengers, man, that A. It's going to fucking kill everything. Uh, early, a friend of mine saw this. And you know who the Gordon Levitt guy is? Uh, yeah, and, I, and he's like a cop or something, right? He's Riddler. <gasps> he's the actual Riddler? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah, the guy saw the film. So it's you're going to be missing the best one ever, Fez. Not if there's a Riddler in it. Well, you should just go then. Buy your ticket now. Because he ends up being, he doesn't start as the Riddler, uh-huh. but he ends up being the Riddler. He tells people riddles like, here would be my riddles. Yeah. Guess how much money I stole from you. I don't know, a couple hundred bucks. Guess what has guess what has bullets and I shoot at you. The gun in your hand? Yes. Since I got the riddle, do I, do I not get shot? When isn't a bullet a bullet? 
when it's in your neck. Bang! Ow! Stuff like that. That's the kind of riddles I would tell. Um, Doug, you're on the Run and Fez show. Hey, Ron. Uh, before I go on, I want to uh, thank you guys for hours and hours of entertainment and enlightenment. Uh, Finally. The, yeah, it, it's great, man. Uh, did you see Greg Allman interviewed by Pierce Morgan last night? I did not. Somebody wrote to me about it, though. Oh, my God. I didn't catch the whole thing, but it was an uncomfortable feeling. I heard that. Uh, the last five minutes or so, he was as talking about Cher, and uh, Pierce asked him if he thought he was a good husband, and uh, basically Greg just said, next up. I don't understand why that is interesting the guys in the fucking allman brothers yeah and you're gonna yeah. ask if you're a good husband to the person or do you and, think you were a good dad three or four minutes of the interview they had a split screen with his uh, new fiance a young pretty girl yeah. you know and uh, boy greg was not happy and pierce wasn't feeling comfortable uh, uh I, I will tell you this Regis is going to come in and do uh, Letterman next week when Pierce is out. And it will be the first time I turn on CNN. I just have no interest in that kind of English gossip stuff. They love that shit over there, man. He like he ran, I think, the star or something. One of the really yeah. big ones, like Daily World News. The one that was just do you think you're a good father? Uh, nobody. No one is. Do you think you're a good husband? Nope. Nobody is. Wife number seven. We stink at it. But I was in a little band that did a song called Whipping Post. Maybe we could fucking focus on that. Pierce doesn't even know what that means. It doesn't make fucking sense. I feel like I'm nuts sometimes on the planet Earth. Everybody's crazy on this motherfucker. Just fucking talking to people. Do you think you got too many tattoos? Anyway, then we did eat a peach. <laughs> and maybe you fucking heard of it. Uh, it's a giant fucking thing. Huh? Uh, What's this band you speak of? <laughs> uh, Jermaine Lassier wrote, I hope everyone got how much Ron was trying to bait Fez with the end of my call. The DC versus Marvel. I was laughing so hard. Everyone got that with Fez. I was, I've been trying all day to pull him into the show. Do we need to break before the end of the show or are we going to take it to the limit? Is it time to put up a 3 o'clock snack? Uh, we can take it to the limit. Snack time. Take it to the limit. I don't know what we have. I know the men with swords has been uncomfortably a bomb. The girls went it up. We gave you your chance. Look, ladies, you fucked it up. blows. And if it was a big hit, I would have put it over. Uh, no one cares. And everyone jokingly picked up this guy who looks like a fucking hairy beast. They were insane not to pick Michael Fassbender. The three. How come you didn't uh, jump into the thing, Fez? When I kept setting you up with the DC. Well, they. The problem is with DC. They're not, never going not to get the, it that's until. Not, that's not the question. The question was how come that even he can pick up. That I was trying to get you into the conversation. Why wouldn't you make the leap? Oh, three o'clock snack. Mm. Wow. This isn't safe for work at all today. Oh, my God. Wow. This is borderline. <sighs> Those are bare breasts. The uh, bare breasts. 
Um, that picture is a little I see not safe for work. I see butthole. This picture here, <laughs> I don't know who is on this one today. I'm going to guess Larry Flint. Hardcore. Tan lines are sexy. And I'm going to tell you something. I know that tan lines are, it's cancerous. That you're watching someone in the early stages of kin, skin cancer. But I will say this. Growing up, I would find tan lines to be extremely exciting myself. It's a sexy look. All right, I, there's nipples here. Yeah. As we're now finding out they're being called pokies when they are up against a shirt. Oh. That is an unlearn um, talk. And some of these pictures up here, one of them, this is how far we've fallen with 3 o'clock snack. Uh, girlfriendrevenge.com has made this scene. I bet she feels like shit now. Yeah, she does. I got you, bitch. And this one here just looks like it's from a uh, Brazilian sex site. <laughs> a Brazilian ass sex site. Um, we're not even voting today, huh? I guess you can only vote through your comments on today's 3 o'clock snack. I never expected to see Girlfriend Revenge make the interrobang. Uh, you got something up there called Police sh uh, Show Restraint Against Naked Men. Oh, yeah. This is also probably not safe for work since there's a man running around naked as the cops chase him. But they don't fuck him up initially. Mm. They just, they run, they basically, they're running, this guy's running around naked screaming about God knows what. It's off World Star Hip Hop. Of course it is. You brought it in. <laughs> Or World Star Uncut, actually. That's their that's their racy site. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. So where is this? Is this some brother? Yeah. Where's like, this? O Town. Oh, looks like it actually looks Brooklyn or maybe Uptown. All right, we do have the vote up there now. Man, I don't know who I'm voting for. The girlfriend revenge has got my vote. I mean, that's just some of these girls. She's just a dirty little tat girl. This girl had no idea she was going to be on this site. None of these girls look like they knew they were getting their pictures taken. Oh, my God, this is embarrassing. Look, her little stuffed animals are here. And she's laying on her childhood bed. Oh, God. i got to have a talk. Call the editor in. All right. Um, but let's uh, take a look a little bit at your guy losing his shit. Here we go. Where's this Jamaica? Look at this. I'm not even going outside. I'm going to stay right here and watch the drama. <laughs> I like her. She's great. 
I'm a Jamaican Marvin. I'm a real Jamaican, you know, you're the man. But they know he no harm, you feel me? I'm glad they not, they not pepper spraying him and shit already. Him say you're bumbo clad, pussy. No, the mother. Me can't, how we are tell? Give me a gun. Policeman, give the man your gun. <laughs> no, look how the man can't Oh my goodness, that's crazy. They gonna get him, Marvin. Look, 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 look. They ready for him. Everybody. Look, look, look. <laughs> I'm dying to know what town this is. Looks like New York. This shit is Queens? crazy. That's your idea of New York. I told you they're gonna pepper spray him. They're gonna pepper look. Spray the shit out of his ass. That's what they're gonna fucking do. Shoot me. She's awesome. Hey, does Jennifer Hutt ever work here anymore? I haven't seen her the last couple of days. She offers something? She might be on vacation. Yeah, I haven't seen her either. I heard a rumor about her of who her best friend is. Oh, who's that? A rock star sister. These are the things that she never tells us. Her best friend? Yeah. How big a rock star? Huge? Massive. One of the biggest bands of all time in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Oh, my God. Why wouldn't she bring that up? Because for her, it's normal. Oh. What would seem incredible, and also she's talking too much about weight loss. Mm. But I got to hear from other people. Uh, Roland, you're on the Run of Fest show. Hey, buddy. Yeah. Gave no man up. He's talking about. Great all and Yellow Brothers and stuff, man. Kind of on a sidebar there, but uh, that new Mike Zito project that Rose Southern Brother with, man, he got uh, Devin Allman, Greg Allman's son singing in that band, there, man. Yeah, we know. We had oh. him on our show. Oh, right on, man. Well, cool. Sorry. It didn't bother you. Yeah. Well, it's not a bother. It's just that you think that we don't get people on our show, and yet we do. Yeah, we got him, dog. Did you notice I was trying to bring Fez into the conversation? Yes. By saying Marvel better than DC? Yes. But, I mean, you just, you know, Marvel is better than DC, though, for real. Yeah. Still, it's not working, is it? Well, DC's not going to compete until they can get their uh, their number one franchise, Superman, mm. together. till they can get that movie to work. Boom. Truth bomb. So, get smacked in the face with the obvious. Hicks, if yeah, that well, is your real name. Wow, who's destroying already? Number a one. A girl showing off tit, that's yeah. all. She shows off bare tit and she wins. Hey, Girlfriend Revenge is showing off some nip. How's Girlfriend Revenge doing? Nowhere near as good. She's as... doing a please don't put me on this poll. <laughs> I had no idea I was dating a fucking maniac. It just happened. She's running a far second, far behind. Tomorrow, uh, we're doing a thing for 3 o'clock snack. It's called Serious Upskirts. And that's me and Hicks. We're going to be walking around with our phones. 
putting them up girls' dresses. Uh, dude, I'm camping out underneath that staircase. I'm telling you right now. Should I just make the Fred announcement now or not, or just try to give everybody a chance to fix it? Give everybody a chance to fix it. I'm doing this only for you, Hicks. Because I ain't feeling it. Yeah. All right, what's our snack? What's our food today? There's no food. Again, huh? I didn't have any interns. People get delivery. They get delivery. You know what I love about it here? Inside. Every day is a bad day. And that gives You love me, that? Yeah. Now I understand. I'm not. And I, know, I hate when people blow stuff out of proportion. Yeah. But this feels worse than the concentration camps. I think that if you would have given a lot of those people a choice. The concentration camps in World War II. The yes. Nazi-run ones. Yes. There may be some ice cream going on. I think the ice cream social started in the past hour. I thought it's Thursday. Ice cream socials today. Ice cream. Oh, ice cream fling. We'll go get some Hicks. Okay, I'll get some ice cream. What does everybody want? I don't care. Okay. Cherry vanilla. Oh shit! I'll see if they have it. Try to have it here by the. Well, what, then why ask me? <laughs> no, what? Switch out. You go, fussy. You go. Well, I fear what I fear what I want to know if there was something there specific. I would have grabbed it. I just want to give him the opportunity to do something and fucking pull, pull out a win for himself today. I remember last year this happened, and he cut the entire line and pissed everyone off. Yeah, that's why I figured it would be better to send him, because <laughs> they already don't like him. What is she doing? I can't even watch that. Twerking? It's, yeah, it's like watching someone have a breakdown. That's Tales from the Treadmill. It's really bananas today. Just fucking bananas. Hmm. I wonder if Fez is gay. He should just get a fucking gay process. I don't know whether he's pro-gay or anti-gay, because he never says. When are you going to start having people back in again? To help out. Tomorrow and then next week... Uh, is Fred. The rest of the no. The rest of the interns are. Is Fred starting. back? No. Bring Fred, Fred back to me, right this second. Would love to just snap my fingers and that lanky man just appears here. Fred to me is the way you feel about Pips. How you have nothing but love for Pips. Oh, plenty of love for Pips. Do you see uh, Pips as a love? A, like a lovely baby that you couldn't have yourself is it your idea of a better way of you like a ward really you know like okay like, like robin <laughs> but not the worst, gay yeah no no definitely not gay <laughs> uh joe in utah you're on running fez let me try again joe in utah hey ron i was uh wondering which wrestling link do you think is the best um, whatever one that makes Fez upset. Uh, I guess it's not the WWE, but I'll just say the Iowa College League. EC Dub. Well, that's part. It's WWE. Call Fez to see if he's ready. Okay, I'm calling. Tom, that we, how much time we got before the end of the show? We got uh, three minutes till satellite. Three, four minutes till satellite, then uh, three and a half once that starts. So. Tell him he's got to hurry. All right. To make the bit pay off. All right. 
Boom, boom. I hope Slash got some ice cream before he left. Save all those pretzels, because I like a salt and ice creamy thing together. If he didn't get fucking ice cream, then that's just treating Slash like shit. I know. By the way, Slash's bodyguard was yelling, no one look at him, when he was doing his concert. <laughs> he's Slash, goddammit. Still ringing. If Fez is, can't hear if he's in a building, his phone. Went to voicemail. Yeah. I hope he's okay. Pick your head around. Let him know. He's got a minute now. I would love for him just to have one payoff. Uh, Joe, you're on running Fez. Yeah, I just want to know what the look is on Tez's face as you stare at him and try to bring him into the conversation. Is it a pursed lips? Is it puzzlement? What the it's fuck is it? Pursed lips and beady eyes. All right, oh, Fezzy! Yeah! What do you got there? Is this, um... They did not have any cherry vanilla. Yeah, what's this? That look. I think that's the late night snack with the uh, salted vanilla, salted caramel, and chocolate covered potato chips. And then I got some caramel There's triple like a cherry chunk. in here. I just tasted a cherry. I think you might have gotten some kind of cherries. And then they um, they just had some berry sorbet left and some chocolate fudge brownie. Mm. When did they start this? A half hour ago. Yeah. How come we weren't waiting for it? I thought it was Thursday. It got moved. It got moved. Because originally it was at a different time and fucking day, and then it got moved, and everything got fucked up. And now apparently everyone just ate all the goddamn ice cream. Mm-mm. In fact, you made me feel like a winner. There you go. Well, everybody's getting into it, mine now. I don't like sharing. Ah! Good job. Ice cream fling. I'm going to give you an A in ice cream today, Fez. Unfortunately, I got to give you an F on the show. Sure. But together, that gives you an A. I like this curve. Well, the curve is ice cream is more important than the show. <laughs> we both hate the show, but we both love ice cream. I said, I came up with this thing I think is fun. I like to say, ice cream, you scream. We all scream for ice cream. You came up with that? One of the dudes. Me and a couple other fuckers. Shit. And both of them are dead now. I hope you trademarked that shit. You know how they died? How? Law. Johnny Law fucking took them down. What were they doing? They got fucking killed by the cops. They were doing this and that. That's all you gotta fucking know about. Sounds they were doing one thing and then another thing. Sounds like these guys you came up with that phrase with are doing some illegal shit. That's, that's if the fucking cops are hunting them down and murdering them. This is gonna shock you. Some cops do illegal shit. <sighs> no. They're, here They're cops, not Boy Scouts. They're here to serve and protect. And speaking of Boy Scouts, I know a couple motherfuckers got blown there. Oh. Why are gay people preying on Boy Scouts? They're just children wanting to camp out. Pedophiles prey on gay okay. uh, on Boy Scouts. I don't know. The gay pedophiles. Uh, let me see. Click the light on. Um, our buddy uh, Matt in Iraq has got his wet... Wipes, tuna, matches, powdery drinks, Pop-Tarts, tube stocks, and a Frisbee. And then he writes, watch out, hands bananas. Let's see if we get a picture of him there. Oh, there's your buddy. That's great. He looks like he's lost weight there, too. Finally. I overnighted that, and it's... <laughs> 
Overnight another one. I will. Weeks for an overnight. Tim in Chicago. Yeah, you guys are missing the obvious there. Best can get it all out of his way. Him and Joe DeRosa. Joe's a little queen in the closet. I think both of them get it done and then move on with your show and get his show back on the road. All right. Tony and Queens. Hey, buddy. Hey, Ronnie, I love the new show, man. The fucking Ron and Pepper show. It's great, man. I fucking love it. Uh, Pepper didn't get any ice cream today. Fez did. So, Hicks, today, yeah. I'm going to give you a C. I'm going to give Fez an A. Good luck. I'm just ice cream. I'm just going to start drinking Peral now. <laughs> Hopefully, it'll get me drunk enough that I don't Did you up. start saying you're going to drink Pharrell? Pharrell. Oh. Pharrell. That delicious hand sanitizer all the kids love. My best friend made a little movie called Men in Black 3. You guys are best friends? Yeah. That was fast. I think it's the best of the three Men in Blacks. I didn't see the first um, because I thought they were just about black men. But no, Men in Black suits. I didn't know. Just talking about the suit. No race involved. I used to have a Little League team we called the Men in Black, and we all wore really cool Ray-Bans together. Wow, that's how they got ripped off. No, this was after the movie came out, oh. so we ripped them off. Guess what? Took League. Fuck you, Daytona. Who owns it? Us. MIB. Anyway, that's it. Anything else to promote? Pink Floyd this weekend on Channel XM Series 1227. Hear the Nick Mason interview with Mom Bankton. Thank Dark you. side of the noon. Mm, I, should I leave that part out? No, we got to say it. <laughs> I'm proud of that as I have anything I've ever accomplished. It was fucking awesome. Uh, that's it. See you guys on the uh, Thursday show. And that's the end of my show. Donk.